to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Our movie this week is Down In Front! Yay! Yay! It's That's a one-year anniversary I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. I'm gonna, can't wait to rip into this. Now, yeah. before we get talking about the show this week, yeah. let's go ahead and talk about who's at the table, because instead of being four, it is the core four plus your requisite, Ryan Weber and Eddie Doty. But I don't want to spoil that for you yet. So I don't think you know what requisite means. Requisite. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you want to add some spice to the pot, you bring in a little, a little like nutmeg. The, again, no, a requisite. Little, little no, no, requisite that's optional. Means required. Requisite required. means required. Necessary. Oh, really? like, yes. Requisite yeah. for a dream. We'll get, to the, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the failures of Down in Front, but my ignorance is surely one of them. So, myself, as always, Teague Christie, and I'm sitting next to Trey, the amazing Stokes. Yeah, we've totally reversed our seating order. Hi, everyone. Brian William Fenifter. Where am I? What's going on? Michael Dorkman Scott. Hi, hi. Ryan, lightsaber dude Weber. I re- hi, everybody. <laughs> and Eddie, the Eddie Doty. Hello, everyone. And I Eddie's actually dog. waved, by the way, when I said hi. I don't know why I did that, but so I what, did. I, I don't even know what we're doing right now. All of a sudden, by the way, I, I think it's... Get queued up. Get your DVD, get your Down in Front queued up. You've got about 48 episodes to listen to. We've also got, for the first time in the Down in Front experience, a true studio audience. We've got uh, Down in Front guru and PA Matt Feta. Veda, back in the background? Hey. Hey there. We've got Seth Donalds. This isn't what a studio audience sounds like. We've got Brad Braddock. Give it up for Down in Front, ladies and gentlemen. We've got... I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if they heard any of that on the track, but we'll it'll, it'll, you know, whatever. I want to. I want to bring everyone in, and we'll by bringing them in, in it'll, it'll be it'll be a thing. In the mix, it's going to sound like the Tonight Show. So, yeah. So the question right now is, what the hell are we doing, and why aren't we doing a movie? And that's because, uh, as of this weekend that you're hearing this, it is within two days of our one year anniversary. <laughs> we, Yay. We, 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 yeah. We did it. We did it, everybody. Whatever it is we do, we've done it for a year, and we don't do it professionally. Good God. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Frankly speaking, this is going to – you should just turn off the episode because this is going to be <laughs> a circle jerk. Of the, but we are going to talk about some really important things and revisit some ideas that we, 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 we espoused and came back to and had different opinions and what other people have to contribute to that. And we've also well, got special weird – Special guests and comedy bits. Special guests <laughs> and comedy bits. It'll be like a cavalcade of uh, oh, circle jerk them. I'm going to do magic. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a down in front for my generation. Yeah. <laughs> and Eddie's going to sing a song. It's going to be awesome. Now, uh, <laughs> I, I, we, ha- we have a whole list of things to get through, but it has to start with uh, down in front occasional panelist and listener Ryan Weber has a whole thing. And I don't even know how to set this up, but it's oh, like Leno. You. It's like Leno. Ryan brought a clip. <laughs> that R- is Ryan? Yes, well... Uh, Why for, don't you set this up for us? Uh, I yeah. will set up this clip. The TV is dropping out of the ceiling <laughs> as we speak. Um, now, I have for the past uh, couple of months, uh, I have gone through and listened to, uh, it's painful I know, every episode of Down in Front to date. Um, I would first like to mention to you all that, uh, at, at, by my count, that's 46 episodes, Ooh. everybody. So wait, this one makes 47? I'm not sure it's if a you Star got Trek this number. One. Yeah, well, also, if you were to put this into a timeline, you, you would come to uh, 98.4 hours of wow. Down in Front that wow. you guys have recorded. Sweet. Oh, we've uh, recorded much more than that, but we'll get, we'll to, get to, to that, talk about that. 4.1 days, everybody. Wow. Oh, God. So, How much hats more off to all of you. we be? Yeah. That's a lot of our opinion. Hats off to all of you. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot of us. So, okay, so how, do you, how, do you, how do you go from four <laughs> days of stuff to whatever, whatever it is you did? Well, to commemorate the occasion, I did a little mashup here. Um, and, uh, I Most basically, of us have not heard this either. No, no. no I one, have no yeah. idea what's about to happen. Teague, uh, I heard it just because I needed to know how to set it up. But yes. it's 
Ryan? Absolutely. So I listened through. I have my notes here of uh, writing down. All Ryan is little... holding up pages and pages of handwritten notes, oh, like a serial killer notes. The clips of, of moments that I found funny and thought would, would contribute Time well to Time code this. and everything. Time nice. code that's and everything. Like, that's like the Zodiac puzzle. <laughs> I'm so frightened right now. Yes. Okay. Well, I think the easiest way to do this would just be to play it for you yes, indeed. people. I'm really looking forward to Let's seeing your guys' reactions. It's about right. three and a half minutes. Okay. Brace yourselves. Here we go. Here okay. we go. Here we are. Uh, shall we do a countdown? That? Three, two, <laughs> two one. 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 Unpause! We're professionals, but not at this. Yeah. I am, as, as they say in North California, I am hella blasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear heavens, this movie doesn't suck balls at all. Do you ever just sit back and feel weird? Radiation is awesome! Yeah, it makes it makes a lot more sense after a bong hit. Little kids are douchebags. That kid does not understand spatial relations. I, I, I don't want to sound like a bad person, but if he's that dumb, I don't think he deserves to reach puberty. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Berkman, are you full of hatred? Uh, not full. <laughs> I mean, there's, have any there's room for food. Every character has to have angst, otherwise they're not an interesting character. Oh, that's for Walken. <laughs> Alright. Or Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Ooh, boy. This place is a pit. I hope I have hobo stab insurance, because this is insane. <laughs> he obviously watched The Matrix before he made this movie. He should have got the guy who did The uh-huh. Matrix movies. Or he should have just went to Asian, picked one guy out. <laughs> any guy. <laughs> any, any Asian guy. I will make a, a plug for the most recent like series of Expanded Universe Star Wars books. I don't know how much of them you guys read. Oh, my God, you're such a nerd. But how did you make movies without electricity? Well, you know, we rubbed two sticks together until Jeff Goldblum caught fire. Maybe I'm tuned wrong, but I think Jeff Goldblum's freaking rad. That's yeah. awesome. The girls are like, he should put a shirt on, and you're like, no. <laughs> I would pay to blow Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> anyway, on the list of visuals I would like to move past. Yes. <laughs> it's a good thing that I just went to the bathroom because I'm worried about shooting my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Listen. Uh, real quick. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Everybody in the theater right then, just their balls just went straight into the throat. <laughs> my balls were already in my throat. Is that where you keep them? If I went to a place that gave me an orgasm every time I took a bite of their cheesecake, I'd go back. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'd go back there a lot. Yeah, nobody would take you. So here's Phoebe Cates, yes. Oh, yes. I do recall her breasts. Yeah, uh-huh. If I got to squeeze a girl's boobs with skeleton robot hands <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes you get to do some fun stuff. I like it like I like cheese, except I'm lactose intolerant. So you like it, but it makes you fart. Exactly. Okay. David right. Fincher's semen is made out of candy and brilliance. Oh, holy shit, this is gross. It's like each time you get in a new relationship, it's like, I don't know what to put in where. <laughs> We're going to discover this one together. It's an adventure. I'm sure they have this conversation. <laughs> it touched me. It touched me in my slimy part. He's got the complexion of a finely roasted turkey. <laughs> Look at that beautiful, sweaty man. What? what? He's down to a turn and ready to serve. Uh, I got a fan letter from him where he uh, threatened to burn my nose hairs out with a torch. But I took that as actually a high compliment. <laughs> oh, my God. The man has an asshole for a chin. Tiny tiny nipples, good or bad, round the room, go. They really should have just said, you know, Salma Hayek's enormous fun bags and fantastic ass <laughs> lend a great visual style to an otherwise lackluster film. And that right there is a sexy woman. But she has eyes that are like the eyes from that one chick from the beginning of Star Trek. Uh, everything is about Star Trek with you. <laughs> yeah, thank it really you for is. noticing. It really God. is. What the fuck is wrong with that character? Yeah. He, he wired it up wrong and blew out his own cockpit power. By the way, if you've never blown out your own cockpit, you should try it. You should it really, feels you great. really should try and blow out your own cockpit. Oh, that's what the funny joke you made there is funny. I just thought of a, uh, a great homoerotic vampire movie. <laughs> <laughs> like there's never been one of those before. <laughs> wow, that blew yeah. my mind just now. I yeah. feel like a douchebag. 
I can't believe I lived to see that happen just now. <laughs> that was really quite something. Produced by Ryan Weaver. Oh, hey. Good work. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I want to, before we start talking about how we respond to that, Ryan, um, how do you, what's your relationship with that clip? How, after you've put it together and you've scoured down in fronts and written notes, oh, yeah. is your opinion that we are just way too into ourselves <laughs> oh no 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 <laughs> yeah, oh, of course not <laughs> no <that's, coughs> the hardest the hardest <coughs> part of the <laughs> the hardest part of the whole thing was actually trimming it down because i ended up with a lot more just wacky funny bullshit moments than i knew what to do with i actually ended up making two clips oh, the one you oh, just heard what? the other one um i think we're gonna put up on down in front and that the that's special a edition well, more more like the, the, it's, it's, like, it's like the outtakes of the first one. Oh, nice! <laughs> it's a, it's a, some of the more racy, uh, oh, oh. wonderful down in front stuff. after dark. Yes, yes. absolutely. Did it, does it also have techno? It is the exact same because awesome. uh, we, we like the dirty. By talk. the way, that was uh, Godless and Beeps. Huh? It's Godless and Beeps, the same band that put together the stinger for Down in Front. We'd like to thank them by telling you to go to myspace.com/slash It's Godless and Beeps. They're me. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is getting well really, played. really recursive now. now it's what? like, we're congratulating ourselves for the mashup of how funny we are, plus the music that you wrote for how funny we are. Wow. We should this congratulate ourselves. Jerk. I'm amazed. It's like that m- picture of the guy holding the picture, but it's the same picture, so you just yeah. go down the spiral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it started with a really excellent point. What's funny is that the whole thing was kind of just funny and, and, and silly, but the first thing you hear is Brian saying... We're professionals, but but not at this. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I love that theme because that's so perfect. Because, frankly speaking, we've we've kind of made some mistakes along the way. Oh boy! Yeah. And I'm gonna, as the guy that ha- for many of the episodes now we've now we've got people that help us with this. <laughs> we've yeah, got we elves. have people. We've got Matt elves. <laughs> M Fader on the forum will 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 be our, our elf for I guess ever. Uh, we've 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 made some mis- <laughs> we've made some mistakes along the way. Um, and I'm not as the guy that had a vested interest in making it happen going to really talk about it because it's mostly <laughs> my fault uh but there have been i think 48 down in front episodes to date over the course of 52 weeks uh-huh. my, my, my numbers might be wrong or it's like 48 av- over 51 and this counts as one of them so 49 uh we've we've lost probably five episodes and had to redo or like do part of again at least three the matrix commentary full metal jacket and the upcoming episode, Titanic. Oh, the fly as well. And the oh, we lost the fly. We, we, we didn't. Fly. We didn't. Uh, we didn't lose the fly. It oh, froze up on us. We, we, oh, we've right, had right. problems had to, where, yeah. Dorkman, how does how do how do these errors happen? What is the nature of the problems <laughs> that we've had? Because it seems pretty straightforward. Uh, it's fucking technology, and it's yeah. like it's old. Fucking and, like, technology. We had well, uh, even even tonight, like we almost managed to not record this because <laughs> yeah. if you yeah. follow any of us on twitter you'll see some really inspired we almost, photos yeah we yeah. almost succeeded in screwing this one up we, like, we may, we're hoping to make it through to the end and we may still if, it would, if, yeah. if the audio gets screwed up yeah. because of this problem because this, this is there's the, literally a piece of tape between this podcast a piece. Yeah. holy crap this, there's like 20 pieces we're on the brink of, of another lost right episode now. every moment I'm, yeah i'm not saying it's like the hurt locker but it, it's pretty close <laughs> well then i'm taking off this suit because i don't want to be comfortable um I don't know why you handed it off to me. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, why you fucking <laughs> take it, Dorkman. What? What? You're, one of your talents I've noticed over this last year is that you can articulate failure in a beautiful <laughs> way. <laughs> what is the nature of this problem? Tell us where we went wrong. That's an unfortunate thing to be good at. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> His yeah. postdoctorate work is in failure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Well, well, what are the last like, 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 file, like files will get half erased or like the hard drive will get pulled I don't, out. Well, and I don't know how that happens. Because none, none of us are looking at the computer. Yeah, yeah, Only I just, you are. I show okay. up. All right, all right. You're the but one who should it, In many cases, this. I don't remember offhand what the episodes were. Okay, well, there was AI, which... 
One of our, like, which is unfortunate because that was really the first episode we were like, okay, we're going to sit. Because our, our goals. We're going to make our, this. We're going to okay, our stated movie. Our actually. stated goal for that episode is we're going to sit down and we're going to try to intellectually figure this out. Right. And that was really the first episode. And, and we, we did an all right job of it. We did. It was, and, yeah. and in fact, it's it's become a running inside joke. We still joke. got the, what does it mean to be right, human? That no one understands because they never heard that episode. But it came but from AI. It came from AI because the whole thing about it was that was kind of what Like we, four different times someone said, well, I guess the question is really what does it mean to be human? Yeah. And it got to the point where we would just slap whoever said yeah. that. <laughs> But um, AI, the, the computer crashes it. I think it's uh, – I'm going to blame Audacity. I'm sorry. It's free, but you get what you pay for. We've, we've gotten a mi- many good episodes out of Audacity, but unfortunately, it does seem to have some problems with data storage. Yeah. So that one that one crashed and split itself up into like a, a 300,000 yeah. two-and-a-half-second clips and or we, whatever. And we hated the movie so much, we've just never gone back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want to watch AI again. We did some other ones. There was uh, uh, we did contact. contact. We did contact. I was there for contact. Great... That was fairly recent. Uh, contact that was you, Ryan. You were there. Yes, I was a guest on contact. And, and I, I felt like by it the was way, going by the way, by the way, now that we've said this, we understand that we are consigning ourselves to doing them again. They will. Yeah. They will. We will come. do these movies. I we promise. Will. But we're just. This is anecdotal. Um, contact. Contact was another great one. I, I'm really. Yeah, I'm still bummed really we lost well. it. We got about like three quarters of the way through, and then realized that we had a problem. As I recall, we didn't actually finish it. It was like, oh right. wait, yeah, something's yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then, and no, we got to the end. I remember. No, no, no. They hadn't no, even we, built the first machine yet. Yeah, no, we, we no, didn't no, even get around to the machine. Spoilers. But yeah, and we love that movie. That was one of the movies we all dig, and we were really nailing it. I thought, and and then we were getting deep on that. one Yeah, and then when it. Actually, I remember exactly where it conked. It conked right when she's on the board the plane with John Hurt was mm-hmm. when it died on us. Right. And, oh, uh, I do remember that. Yeah, we were getting really, really intense. I, I recall that none of us had shirts. Ryan didn't have pants. <laughs> and I was naked, but that's kind of usually the case. The magic of radio is that you don't see that right now I'm naked with a top hat on. We're all covered in blood. It's totally it's awesome. <laughs> we did one of our first episodes. Like We did Phantom Menace and then Starship Troopers and then Forbidden Planet. And Forbidden Planet never got posted. I don't Wait, remember. Forbidden Planet was after those two? No, no, no. no. Forbidden no. Planet, like we did Crystal Skull, Crystal which Skull. was like the that last was episode Geeksa. of Geeksa. Yeah. Technically and then, it was Geeksa. Like, and then we said, we should, maybe we should make a podcast where we do that. And right. I don't even think we had come up with a name of Down no, in We hadn't yet. done that whole thing of like, well, we'll call it Down in Front and we'll do this and that. We were just like, okay, let's do the Crystal Skull thing we again. And I we had fun. By the way, the name Down in Front. Uh, uh, Teague and I had a conversation. We were having a conversation where we were throwing ideas back and forth. It and was between that and the peanut gallery. The peanut gallery was was the one I liked for mm-hmm. it as well. It's not too late to um, just <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a thing, so we couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah. Although it's funny to mention, down in front is a thing too. Right. But but <laughs> if you the, go on Google, the funny thing was he suggested down in front like early into the the thing, and I was like, "That's great, let's do that." And he kept suggesting things, and I'm like, "No, stop! <laughs> what are you doing? You struck oil. We already found it." <laughs> as you said in Ryan's clip, wait, just wait one second. Yeah. Shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> so there was but, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so Contact. Forbidden Planet, so, Forbidden Planet. Forbidden finish Planet. the story. Finish well, the story. We, about we, we just kind of like we didn't quite know what the hell we were doing with Forbidden Planet, and we didn't have a lot to say about Forbidden Planet. Yeah. We realized early on it's like, well, it's a great movie, but we hadn't done any research, and none of us had a lot of you know. None of us had a very strong head point of view yeah. to to carry a whole commentary about it. So we we're just kind of sitting there going, oh Makes yeah, Leslie Nielsen jokes the whole yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. pretty much. Which you can do, you know. Now you guys are expert at carrying commentaries on things. Yeah. Now, well, we've you know we've practiced, we've gotten better at it, and then what else do we? So we've got. In that vein, Frighteners too. Well, we, there is Frighteners. We do but, lose Frighteners, but uh, for we our just Halloween lost it. for our October month. Yeah, that we was going to do that. That was one of the very few times. I think we only had two instances where I'm saving out of Audacity and the file, which is usually like a, a raw 32-bit floating point wave that's two and a half hours long, is usually between two and three gigs. Was it? I saved up Frighteners and I'm looking at it and it's one kilobyte, and I'm like, 
Oops. And I loaded up, and it's two and a half hours. It's like contact. It's like two and a half hours of a like a line. The waveform is a straight line. That wow. is interesting. <laughs> was it James Woods just came in and fucking was it him. Frighteners or was wasn't there one that Tesla fucked up for us? That was the second half of Titanic. Yeah, which I guess okay. Trey could talk about that. No, no, that was the that was the. That was the that was the that was the second that was the middle half that was the retake the first retake of the retake that's how that's how dedicated we are we actually have spent you know about eight hours of our lives to bring Titanic to you which we now can we did we have we have a completed track we did well that's the other part of the story not only have we lost entire episodes there have been times where we've lost only pieces of episodes and we've had to gone back and re-record we've already named the ones it's Full Metal for a fun for a fun project in fact Full Metal Jacket we recorded in this room we're in a special location the first location. Yeah. So uh, we can actually, you know, set a little challenge for you if uh, you and your know, listeners at home. You get to listen to was it Full Metal Jacket, Titanic when we post it, and what was the other one? Uh, Matrix, Matrix yeah. which I wasn't part of, or oh, Ma- oh, the original oh, Matrix. Matrix I was. Matrix, they yeah. Can figure out Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, you can pretty well tell. But uh, try and spot where you know suddenly there's a lapse of. Oh, a and month. the fly, the fly, yeah, the fly. But the, but there aren't a... lapses in the Matrix and the fly. No, no, we just no. stopped and did it the same yeah, yeah. day. Yeah. As a hint for anyone that's going to do this, the two guys that are right now going, I am going to do this. First of all, email <laughs> us at Down in Front Show at Gmail. But secondly. The Full Metal Jacket. Here's a hint. No, don't look. Don't give me a hint. I'm not going to give him the time code. I'm gonna, no, but you're going to give him the. That's yeah. not a hint. That's a. That's yeah. the solution. You're right. That, that's you're the right. answer at the back of the book. Here's a hint for Full Metal <laughs> Jacket. Listen. Yeah. Try to figure that shit out. And there was also uh, like Titanic. We did. Uh, we recorded the whole thing, and then the last 30 minutes or hour or so got lost, and we had to re-record it. And we got 20 minutes into re-recording the end, so we're all like trying to. We just did this, like re-recording it, and then my cat Tesla, who has made an appearance as the keyboard cat. <laughs> she is, what's times. funny is that keyboard cat <laughs> is internet lingo and, for yeah. failure, <laughs> and literally our failures are always like there. There it is. There's a cat on the keyboard. <laughs> all of a sudden, my cat jumps on my piano, and you hear kunk. That like happened during stop a, was it Prestige or Aliens? Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. And it was funny. Yeah. 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 It was like a sting. <laughs> she literally put, made, a, made a sting. <laughs> she, made, she made a sting for us. Yeah. It, was, it was a dramatic but moment the, that she helped elucidate. The Titanic was especially painful because, first of all, we had to re-familiarize ourselves with what we had said a month and a half before. And then we had just said new stuff for 20 minutes. And then we had to start again. So we had to, like, remember <laughs> what – the thing that I know I said once, was it two months ago or was it 20 minutes uh-huh. ago? And should I say right. it again now? So you'll hear some rep- – in fact, there's, there's a moment – because because we did it we did it the first time and then we lost it and I was almost kind of glad because we had re- repeated yeah, there so were a couple much. of stories yeah. and, and so so I was like okay that we repeated this and this and this okay great so there's a moment where T repeats me. something and you just hear me go yeah you said that already because it doesn't <laughs> well make done. it doesn't make sense to the I love listener this because the Titanic hasn't come out yet so yeah. people that are listening to this now won't yeah. know well see yeah. you, you give it away forever. yeah it yeah. doesn't it, uh, it it won't make sense they're like why was he so annoyed by that but well not only he that said it like an hour and a half earlier in the track right so right and not only well uh, also they they might be like why is he so obsessed with like Leonardo DiCaprio's hair like he brought that up twice I don't understand what what happened what actually Although you can get away with being like, it's a long movie. I yeah. forgot I even talked about it. Anyway. Although, <laughs> although there's six guys right now, typically down in front is four guys, four microphone stands, microphones, sets of headphones, and then the mixer board, which connects to the computer with a little eighth inch to eighth inch, and the, uh, the cat jumped on that cord like a trapeze artist and yanked it out. And we had several mo- – in fact, in Galaxy Quest, we didn't even write this on our notes, there's a, like, a, like an eight-second period of silence. Which is the same thing, <laughs> oh. where I'm just like, where's, and you'll think what the, the weird sort of saving grace that I'm sharing with you because I love you, audience, is that you'll think as the person listening to it, oh my computer just, oh, oh there it is, okay, and you won't you won't pay attention. No, it's not your computer. 
If you look at the waveform, there's eight seconds of us flat in line. Just fuck that episode. Well, that, that happens in other podcasts sometimes, right. though. So it's not a terrible... We shouldn't feel bad about our one eight seconds of silence. Tesla, yes. Tesla is a little bitch, though, because... She's a, uh, she's, she's, we named her after awful. an evil genius. Well, no, I mean... She, I don't think... Te- she, what? That's uh, no, that is, no, no, no. Edison was defamatory. Yeah. Edison, my was, God, Edison was the evil. Yeah, genius. exactly. Yeah, we, we established yeah. this in prestige. Tesla, yeah. Tesla yeah. was a mad genius. He was yeah. an insane genius, but he wasn't necessarily evil. Well, then, and the final episode though is is lost for a different reason, and that's actually oh, oh yeah, 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 Tron. Yeah. And, uh, yes. the, the tale of Tron. Yes, because uh, people uh, in the in the forums are always going, "Why don't you do Tron? You got to do Tron." We did Tron. We well, did Tron yeah. months yeah. ago. Well, because what happened to Tron? Tron is a big. Uh, of course, it's a big visual effects landmark. Yeah, it's like. Tron, talk about it. And it took place in the 80s, so we default to Trey. And there's yeah. a sequel, a very well, high-profile sequel coming out yeah. soon. Yes, exactly. So I was, I was the one who said, yeah, sure, we should totally do Tron, but you guys are aware that that movie sucks, yeah. right? Because the three of us are like, I, I remember watching Tron as a kid. I liked it. I, I was going, no. Mostly, mostly it, was, it was the force of my willpower saying, no, Trey, you're an idiot. Tron rules. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is that we go to a dork man's house, and we're recording an episode for Tron. It's me, Brian, Dorkman, and Trey. And the first 40 minutes are good, like... Yeah, par or above par, down and fronting, just like hell yeah, we're doing a great commentary and we're funny. Yeah, it's only what, eighty minutes. And like, what ends and up happening? What, in, what ends up happening is that we get to a certain point in Tron. Well, Trey gets a phone call. Yeah. What happens is Trey I had a gets phone a phone call, call and I had to step out, which normally we ignore phone calls, but that particular phone call I had to take, so I stepped out, and it turned out to be a long phone call. I was probably gone for right. ten minutes, or and more. the rest of us are sitting in there going. This fucking scene is still going. Like we don't have anything yeah. to talk about. Or like it. It was a scene um, where they're like trying to drink digital water with their right, frisbees right. or whatever, and they're tripping out on the space. And, and it just and it he just keeps the, it, the it, thing and flies. Around. It keeps cutting back and forth, and we're like we're talking about other stuff completely, and we're going on, and we're like, I swear to God, we've been talking for five minutes, and they're still drinking. They're still with drinking the frisbee. fake water, and we don't even like. <laughs> and that's kind of what it devolved to. And so, so we get to the point where Trey walks back in the room, and we're just like looking at him, like yeah. like scared Help. tiny baby raccoons. Like Trey saved the podcast, yeah. <laughs> like, and, they, and I was like, and now you know, yeah. <laughs> and now, and now you realize the sad truth that yeah. Tron is a crappy movie. Yeah. It's only famous because of the groundbreaking right. historical value of it, but it's not a good because you can at say all. the groundbreaking part. Like like all you can really say is like. And now they're using computers for the first time ever. Amazing. Admittedly, Tron is front loaded because you get the light cycles in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But right. but boy, what ended guys- up? What basically the moral of the story is? It's like it's like the all capital letters on the beginning of these words. The story that Trey wins. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys and remember? I, and I feel ended? bad about it. It's not like I wanted to win that you victory. My heart, I, I wanted to. I wanted to. You know, be. You know, have have my eyes opened properly to Tron. Uh-huh. I mean, I had never given it a fair shake. Maybe <laughs> it was. It was. So, I felt bad more than i felt triumphant <laughs> about having been right you know i was like oh i just i just destroyed i just raped three childhoods just there not guys, mine not mine tron I, was do you guys remember thing, how how that commentary ended did, did we, we did we even go to the end we got to the end we got to the end but we we got to the end but we talked about the fact that we're like we should have a kill signal to just That's, bail yeah, right. just, <laughs> a ripcord where we just go ah, get, we're I out forgot about well that. we've made yeah. jokes about that where it's like we, I, I don't want to let you on the joke but it's funny like the <laughs> next time we do Tron what we're going to do is we're going to get to the same point and we're just going to have a sword fight yes oh, no that was Dark City I was well, like, Dark we City, just, I was like, we, we, we should put sword fight sounds yeah, wait, over it. Yeah. We, we, anyway, so, yeah. But. I remember chatting on IM with both Trey and uh, Teague the day after. Like, I'm like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, cool. What did you guys do down in front of? Like, oh, we did this and we did Tron. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Tron was like the biggest movie of my childhood. I loved that movie so hard. And I'm like, I wish I could have been a part of that in some way. And then I, I hear the story from both these guys. I'm like, 
holy shit, I've won. The movie God. is safe for me. Yeah. Yeah. The movie no, you is it's bullet. safe. You totally I dodged, dodged a bullet. bullet. Now I'm going to be first in line for Tron sequel, yeah. and I'm going to be so happy. Jeff and- Goldblum intervened. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now the, the, but it did lead us to an idea that you, know, you, you may hear in some future podcast, if we get into a movie that just bites too hard, we may just stop, stop. doing it. Yeah. We may just say, and that's where we quit. And, we, yeah. and we'll wrap it up, and that'll be it. Which we, we almost get to did the on the Hulk. We've done a, we've done a year, we've done a year of episodes, so I feel like we've done our cred. Like, we've done a year more of commentaries than you have. <laughs> we, we get to, at some point, I want to, for our second year of Down in Front, in, in, like, install this, this aspect of the show where we can just call the, call the movie. Mm. <laughs> at which point, the, it's like, if you listen to that, the Phantom Menace review, you're just like this is where the movie goes off the rails and can never be returned. Yeah. You, like, you get to up. the point. You get to the point where the movie is just like there's literally nothing left to do. But no, I'm not going to analyze how this movie failed because it couldn't have come back from the first decision they made. Guess what, ladies and oh, gentlemen, this has been no. down in front. Go to our forum. No, no, no. I like those mo- those movies because that you actually have something to talk about. It's at the. It's yeah. when you're like. We're, and now we're just going to sit yeah, here. Tron was just, what are we gonna it do? Was, you just ran it's left weird, speechless. Like, you know? Yeah. Just like the, a minute of silence and then still sucks. And then yeah. a minute of silence. Yeah. And, yep. Still sucking. We were, we were trying to continue talking. Um, and I think, I think we've actually done very, very well on that. I mean, we, we, we were at the, well, we were at almost the opposite extreme because at the beginning, because we're all trying to talk over each other yeah. and stuff, which happens, you know, the, the headphones helped a lot <laughs> when we're like, <laughs> oh, someone else is talking. Um, but, um, there's not a lot of dead space in the commentaries we do, which I'm very proud of. Yeah. Because um, even real commentaries, like by the director or whatever, it's oh, mostly – like, you know, a, a lot of real commentaries you know, devolve after 20 minutes of, oh, he was a fun guy. Yeah. I like that guy. Huh. He was fun. Yeah. Oh, he's great. How many, oh, he is great. How many times – like, I know this happened on Aliens where we, oh. were, we were so into it, we just silence. And just like, okay, we need to yeah. actually start talking now. We get sometimes, one of the things we – well, t- we, now we can talk about uh, – is it time to talk about you know, things we have learned? Well, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get there. For now, it's actually more about – I, I, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get there. Trust me, although this, this seems ridiculous, there is, there is humility here. Uh, and, and, and what's funny is that somewhere, dig deep. Listen, guys, somewhere, somewhere by giant cock. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, you know, one of the things I'm realizing is that with the advent of uh, the smaller our, testicle is humble. Uh, once we put together the once we put together the forum. <laughs> what the anyway. fuck? I'm gonna put that on next year's mashup. Yeah. A year from now, you'll be hearing that clip. <laughs> And, it, and it, we, we, we have, we're getting feedback from various message boards and from Twitter and from the, the iTunes reviews. But we also have a forum, and it's kind of opening our eyes to uh, not only do we independently come to these conclusions when we like, like sound check the episodes and listen to them again, but also people are kind of saying, you know, you didn't think of this. And it's kind of funny uh, because, well, at this point, we're at the point in the show where we can go back to the forum and say, by the way, I, I reconsidered what I just said, and here's how I was wrong. Like, it used to be that in the, in the, over the course of the episode, Repent. you guys would beat me with a rake until I would say the Phantom Menace was stupid. <laughs> Literally. Now it's like, I'll, I'll come to that on my own, and like we'll post it in the forum. And it's funny. Is there anything um, that you guys, the five of you that I'm addressing, uh, would revisit? Would, you'd say, you know, I remember what I said about that, and I think maybe I should have given this angle on it, or hmm. like completely reversed an opinion on any movie. Can you think of an example you're just like... Should we go in order, I, like just down the road? Well, well, I mean, if anyone has an anecdote, start. Well, Trey's but, never wrong, so we can just yeah. skip Trey. Yeah. I mean, Trey, any, any example? <laughs> I can honestly say I've never had that thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, never once has that occurred to me because I am the knower of all things. Um, actually, my, my experience is, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, there are times. Yeah, I know, Jesus. But, uh, you know, I didn't know this question was going to be on the list when I showed up or had something prepared. Um, I, I do find that sometimes I'm like, oh, I was, you know, I was wrong about it's usually about a, a factoid 
um, where I'll realize in retrospect, like, no, that's not right, what, what I just said. Um, but uh, the thing is, uh, what I've learned is that if you say it in a, uh, in a strong, um, you know, certain tone of voice, you kids just buy it from me. <laughs> and I love that about you guys. That's unfortunate. Brian, anything that, you've, anything that you've revisited? Any, uh, any, thought- anytime you've listened to yourself and gone, I suck. Well, just listening to my own voice, I think that's personally um, not not anything I can think of at the top of my head that way. And the other way, there have been there have been moments where I've been listening to it and I go, "Oh man, I wish I could get back in there and really make the point that I really failed to make in that moment." Um, like the the one that comes to mind, Trey, is actually during the Prestige, where you're you're taking me to task for uh, <laughs> uh, well, a transporter is a piece of magic, and it's like and. Uh, like no, the transporters in Star Trek are different than the the machine in the Prestige. They just are because the transporters are part of. They're the, in the future, and the Prestige is no, the no. The difference. Stop you right there because you're wrong. No, <laughs> no. no, the, uh, no actually, okay, I'm fine. sure you're right. Uh, yeah. there, there's this uh, Prestige was one actually. Uh, I, again, I can't think of them, but I know listening to the press, I have re listened to every episode myself, and and uh, sometimes I do go. Oh, I didn't. Or I didn't. I didn't like close that. I didn't get to the end, like you said. I didn't yeah. close the point. You didn't get to the point. Or, or I go, you know, that. actually, that the point I was making doesn't isn't really the point. I should. Why why was yeah. I making that? Point? Yeah, I don't know what. I, yeah. yeah. But anyway, my my point. So that I'm sure I, you're right. Now I have to re-listen to the press. My point that I wanted to make now okay. is the fact that it would be it would be the similar thing in, in Star Trek if in the Prestige if they waited until season three to introduce and the said, oh by the way, we can by transport the way, people we have to transport anywhere we'll be using a shuttle. All right, fair enough. And Jim Carrey can't tell a lie. Okay, Dorkman. Sorry, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Have you have you listened back to yourself and thought, oh, I came on too strong and I didn't, I don't agree with myself at all ever? Well, those are two different questions. I think I, there, there are okay. Times, I guess I'll, I'll go back to the first question. Revisiting anything? Well, do you have anything to contribute to what you've already said? Like, well, like Trey said, um, I I didn't know this was. I mean, this is a good question, and and when we get around to it next year, we should keep it in mind. But <laughs> um, but this year, there's not a lot I can think of. The one thing that I can think of, it's not so much, um. It's not so much revisiting something of my own, but someone that someone said about the episode that I'm like, fuck, I wish someone had thought of that and said that in the episode because that is good shit, um, was from Ghostbusters 2. Um, Adam Bertacci, who doesn't listen to this, so he's never going to even know that we talked about him, but um, <laughs> he listened to that one because he's a Ghostbusters guy like me. And, and one point he made that I really, um, that I really liked was uh, the bit with and, – and then we talked about it a little bit. The bit with uh, Janosch, where he's a ghost and he's a nanny, and his arm stretches and the whole thing, where it doesn't make any sense, and and we just kind of went, this doesn't make sense because what the hell is happening? There's like four different levels of like, what is Vigo four thinking, like, and types what's of magic yeah, going exactly, on. Yeah, yeah. and why would Vigo do it this way, and blah blah blah. So, yeah. um, so we were off about that, but the point he made was that um, Sigourney Weaver's performance there is so genuinely, like, agonized that it can't be funny. Like, because she's a mom and she's losing her baby and she's just so mm. broken up over it that that there's no humor in it because it's just this terrible moment, really. Yeah. Um, and he was saying she and, – and I found that I agree because that's, that's always bothered – something about it has always bothered me, but I couldn't even articulate it in the episode. Like, I hadn't really thought of it that much. But uh, he was like, she should have been, like – Ready to kick his ass, like yeah. so. She should have been pissed, not she been upset. She should have been. In, in fact, <laughs> he was. He was saying she could. They could even have done a, a callback to it and had her say, you know, get away from him, you bitch, or whatever, to to Janosch in the nanny costume. Um, but I, I think it's it's a broader point in that uh, Dana 
is too damsel and distressy that whole movie. Yeah. And and what I was saying, I was like, lady, you've seen the other side of the abyss and turned into a giant fucking dog and come out the other side. Okay, like a tub full of slime is weird, but it's not going to make you lose your shit, you know. Besides the fact that you're already Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. Know. There's no way you and can, so, you can And I was saying I was Eber. saying it's like Really, she should have been the one who straps on the pack at the end instead of Lewis to be like, you know what? If you guys aren't going to huh. do this job, then I should and just you know stomp in boots and all. Yeah, I think that would have been really we, cool. Didn't we bring that up in the commentary though about when because we, we basically were rewriting the sh- like here's how the, how it should have gone. We did. I think we did bring that up. That was yeah. our yeah. That was our idea that uh, yeah that Ripley Ripley <laughs> Sigourney <laughs> Weaver um, should have should have been the one to, to go through uh-huh. a change. Yeah, but she, no, no, she no. would become the next. No, Ghostbusters. no. I, I think I think what we Did said was that? that was that uh, um, Venkman Bill Murray didn't want to go back because he had a family and she was the one who told was, him you have to do this. Like say, she yeah. was. Yeah, she we was did holding him that, back. Yeah. And then yeah, I think that's the conversation. That's the only thing I can think of that I was like, God, I wish we'd said that um, off the top of my head. I know there are other ones, but I can't think of them. All right, now Ryan. For those that haven't gone back through exhaustively, Ryan, you were on Wild Wild West, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith, The Abyss. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting some? You've been on a few oh, episodes. Well, Did you say Wild Wild West? That was yeah. the first one you said. And you, right? also, and you also happen to have exhaustively collected bits and pieces <laughs> and edited them together. Yeah. Do you have any examples of, of, of things that you listen to what you said and you're like, I mm, – okay, wait. Let me explain that again. What, what I said that I'd like to, I'd like to go on the it, record It's acceptable if you say, nope. I was right. Uh, that was going to be my joke answer, yes. Eddie. Okay, Eddie, for those right. that haven't exhaustively kept up, was on The Watchmen and Full Metal Jacket and The Prestige. Yeah, the Prestige way, it's just Watchmen. And, and I don't know why that's The Watchmen. Me, but yeah. The Wacky Watchmen. Yeah. I was going to say Watchmen episode. Babies. Have you, have you revisited anything you've said? Um, yeah, I've, I've listened to, to them at least once. The only And actually, it's the first two. We recorded Watchmen and, and Full Metal Jacket in the same session. And a, a little bit different. With, with Full Metal Jacket... I'm a huge Kubrick fan, and that was probably the reason why I suggested that when we, you know, said you were going to have me for that episode. Um, I wish I would have talked more about the film. I felt like I got a little bit too wrapped up in personal anecdote, which again, I understand. You know, you have someone in the military for that episode, so it it, it certainly helps to talk a little bit about that. I've we are thought, using you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, that's and and some and and pivoting off that to Watchmen as well. Like I I certainly I mean, if you've in the other room is my office with just stacks of comic books. So clearly, I'm the quote comic book guy. Um, and I wish I could have just Jake. Said, I want to have a fight with you and Jake. <laughs> that's gonna I, be. Well, you're the fighting guy too, so right? Well, yeah, that's it's like well, and, and best that's, episode Eddie is ever. The MMA guy and Jake is a professional comedian. <laughs> right, right, sure right. Eddie's gonna come out on top. Oh, Jake's a Jake's a Jake's an, an awesome fellow. Jake's um, a doll. He's a he's a wonderful man. He's wiry. Um, yeah, no. So I mean, I guess <laughs> with with Full Metal Jacket, I just wish I would have uh, talked a bit more about the film because as. And I felt like the the film got a little bit shortchanged because of that, because I was talking so much, especially in the beginning. Some of those early scenes were so. I was asking you a bunch of asshole military questions. Right, we we didn't. I I love that. I love that commentary, but it's. Only about the movie in the last half. Exactly. I would fully agree with you because, like, because, and the thing is that first half of the movie, and we talked about the way it's structured, is just the boot camp experience, and the and it's more about the uh, about a character that is completely irrelevant for the second half of the movie. That's part of it, and the other, and for Watchmen, I said possibly the single stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. If you listen to the first fifteen minutes of Watchmen, you, you're on it. I know. Like, no, no, but I just thought of a really oh, okay. stupid thing I said that I wanted. No, I just and, anyway. and and Watchmen. If you listen for it, I actually say the phrase, and I I, I and I instantly regretted it, but I actually said thematic themes yeah. in the episode, and I'm like, and I said it, I'm like, what the. 
fuck does that mean? Like, that's just the douchiest thing. I, 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 w- I would punch somebody if they said that, and I said that just now. Dorkman, what was the stupid thing you said? My thing, I'm curious. My thing, and I can't remember what point it was, and it was a really, it, it, you know, in, uh, how, how do I set this up? Um, in the Matrix, the Matrix commentary, there's a point where there's a very small moment that's kind of associated. It's kind of got an Alice in Wonderland metaphor. I mean, there are blatant Alice in Wonderland metaphors throughout, but there's a very small There's one. a white rabbit tattoo. There, right. There's a white rabbit tattoo, and he talks about the rabbit hole when you're talking about the pills and stuff like that. But there was a really small one, one that's like not blatant and, and, and very kind of uh, much more subtle than those, and I'd never really noticed before. And but what came out of my mouth when someone pointed it out, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a lot like Alice in Wonderland." <laughs> <laughs> like I had not been paying attention ever in the last ten years. Yeah, when I welcome to that welcome movie. to ten years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did, having gone around the room, I'm having a moment to think. I, mostly, what I think when I hear commentaries back is, I go, "Shut up, Trey. <laughs> Just shut up." Just stop talking. Oh no, man, you got the you make the for the best clips. <laughs> I, I want to know because I think. We, we always default to you to come on strong, and we love it when you do. You and Dorkman, but for different reasons. Like, Dorkman will own you on film, and you will own the kids. Like, starting at you kids these days. I'm getting too old for this shit. When, when you, I, the one that I think of is District 9, where you come on and Brian's like, corporations are... You're like, no, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm still totally right about that. Oh no, yeah, totally. Actually, yeah, that actually that was one of our more uh, spirited and still continues uh, spirited yeah. forum conversations that other people have gotten in on. All the District Nine was a controversy because we were bringing on, we're touching on some pretty heavy themes in our District Nine, like um, the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and really not touching on the movie much at all. Yeah. You know, if you listen to the District Nine commentary, I'm struck by how it's really kind of a socio political discussion right. that only peripherally relates to the movie we're watching at any given moment. Uh, well, like Zarben points out, yeah. it's like they they. Almost come to the conclusion that apartheid is a good thing. Like we've like, almost we almost managed well, to you talk know, ourselves actually, into. We, we can clean that one up. We can yeah. clean that one up. I, I actually was going to respond in the forum about that. It's like, well, I think uh, and and Zarban is of course is one of the bizarre things that has occurred this year. We should try to talk about that. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've got something to say about fucking Zarban. Yeah, I will tell you. Talk to you. He's and you know he's listening. Um, <laughs> the, he, found, he found a picture of my mother. Yeah. After I I made an offhand reference to my mother. That your mom was on the cover of Newsweek. Yeah, Cover Newsweek. He fucking had that shit up six hours later. Yeah, that's, he actually that's eerie. Posted the picture. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> yeah, for whatever oh, strange reason, he weird. just happened to have the February eighteenth, nineteen eighty issue of Newsweek, <laughs> Newsweek. kicking around. Well, who Why doesn't? Not? Who doesn't really? I, I've still got I've got four copies of that one because I'm like someday. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, I hung on to that. I hung on to that. Teague made a jacking off motion yeah, just so everyone understands what. No, just I kept my. Co- oh, mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I kept my copy of that. One, because first of all, I was like, hey, she's hot. And, and secondly, it's like, plus... I th- Please stop talking yeah. about my mother. <laughs> plus, plus, she's carrying an egg that someday will be a friend of mine. I, I knew that, just watching, looking at the, at the cover. Uh, <laughs> and now I've totally lost my point. But that happens a anyway, lot. That's yeah. okay. What was I uh, saying? No, it was before... District oh, District 9. Um, the, uh, the apartheid thing. Something yeah. about the apartheid. Yeah, what I was going to say is, is yes, I, I didn't... What I said... And I listened to it again to go. Did I did I come out in favor of our? If it was it me, um, I don't I don't think so. Um, no, what I said was I think w- what that was in response to was my cynical, which you know I'm kind of known for. Sure. Um, and again, that's why you keep me around. Uh, is is I said, not that apartheid works, but I, I did say I talked about how 
if you want if you want a peaceful society, kill the people who are different from you, or put them in a camp and don't deal with them. I mean, right. that's, or, or, it's like well, I'm not I'm not no. advocating it, and I was very clear in the commentary <laughs> that I wasn't advocating that. I was just saying if you want to solve the problem, right. it yes. works. Yeah. The ultimate, but I wasn't advocating. <laughs> the ultimate point that you and I think I was trying to make was that the way to solve that is for people to not be different anymore. And there are yeah. multiple ways of going about that, either by putting them in camps or socially, well, racially. You, you were saying that yeah. you were saying. Um, uh, I do remember the point. It's like it's like the melting pot only starts to work when the melting when the melting happens. is happening. Yeah, and then there's and then you know, but but you do get to the point where it's like you have eliminated the different because it's all because just it's melted. It's it's all blended together. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's kind of on the same page. But there are so. different ways to go about doing. Yeah, exactly. That way, I think was the point. My point is like you know, yes, you can stop a baby from crying by strangling it. But exactly. I'm saying it works. I'm not saying that's what you should do. <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> All right, now on the subject of revisiting previous material, this this interests me, and I'm really looking forward to the response of this. Okay, uh, my friend Seth, who is a down and front listener, who is here tonight, uh, recently blew my mind by saying, <laughs> "I, you know, I listened to I, I've listened to your commentaries, uh, and I have something to say." He actually he talked about the Matrix sequels, which obviously Darkman can talk about. We we've all experienced them, so let's not revisit that yet. Uh, uh, and also the Prestige. I have specific comments on both. Uh, and I, he told me these things, and he's like, you know, you you, were, you really came to some interesting conclusions, but I feel like the one thing that might have really brought it home was omitted, and none of you brought it up, or it didn't, it wasn't part of the conversation, and I want to, I want to go there. Uh, so for that, I, I want to throw to Seth and say, all right, Seth, what was your thing about the Prestige that we didn't mention that we can now talk about the Prestige? So Eddie was there, Eddie was part of that commentary, Dorkman wasn't. So I this, wasn't, I wasn't. So, so this will be fun. Uh, so I, now I throw to Seth. Hi, Seth. Hey, hey there. Hey, everybody. Seth. I'm Seth, and, and uh, I'm actually an fairly, <laughs> fairly, fairly recently a down and front listener. I started last Wednesday night when wow. I had to when Slacker. I had to pull an all nighter for work. Are these the and, uh, Are these the only two episodes, two or three episodes you've heard, and you're like, "Fuck no, you no, guys"? No. Let I me explain have, something. Down in front has been a running running soundtrack to my life since okay. I started. <laughs> um, so I, I've gone through quite a, quite a few of them, uh, considering I started last Wednesday. So and, when, uh, when you listen to an episode like The Prestige. Mm-hmm. No, you've already set him up. Let him go. Yeah. Let him go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so in, in listening to a few uh, a few of the commentaries, I um, I kind of had the perspective by the end of it that it's like, okay, I have these great nerdy friends in my head <laughs> that are doing this uh, that are doing this running commentary, and I just wish I could be part of the discussion for a few points. I don't. I definitely don't want to be like part of the discussion discussion, but there's just like a few little tidbits that just left me so unfulfilled. And uh, okay. and, uh, and the main one was uh, involving the prestige. Ooh. And um, ultimately, it involved... By the way, prestige spoilers ahead. <laughs> just right. saying. Right. So, uh, in listening to the prestige, the group kind of came to the ultimate conclusion that uh, it's pretty close to a perfect masterpiece uh, by, the, by the end of the commentary. Well... Well, it was it, yeah. It was it was it was something that uh, there there were very few critiques, is what I'm saying. Um, it, Brian was the one who had the, main, the major one, and that was involving the, the teleportation the, technology, yes. the and, machine uh, working, right? And yeah. you you admitted in it, I believe that it was a fairly minor quibble. Um, yeah, that it that's, was just, that's my major quibble, honestly. Yeah. But anyway, I, right. I th- well, I think my minor quibble was in how the machine was. It was in the presentation of the machine with the top hats at the beginning. Right. That was my splitting hairs moment. But I still as as far as fundamental to the story, I don't think the machine should work. Although there is, well, I should I should let you go, but um, the there were reference. I actually haven't been able to finish the prestige commentary uh, yet. I've I've listened to like half of it, but you refer to 
ba- basically the um, uh, Christian Bale being twin brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember someone had an implication. I'm not sure how I feel about this, but but uh, since we're revisiting that movie anyway, um, because one of my things was like, well, how did how did he get sent to Tesla by Christian Bale and the right. whole thing and blah, blah blah. The implication was that Tesla built him a machine too, and so he made a clone for himself and stopped at one. No, the, the the implication that I I got from watching that movie was that he went to Tesla simply because he, his whole weakness, uh, uh, Batman's whole weakness mm-hmm. in that movie was the fact that he was a great performer but didn't know how to suss up his act. Okay, and that's exactly what um, what Scar- uh, Scarlett Johansson says in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. you just need to dress it up. Right. So what better way to dress it up than fucking electrodes shooting shit into the sky? Uh-huh. So my impression okay. at least because he's watching the trade show with mm-hmm. Tesla. What's that? Pyro show, basically. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you see him watching the trade show, and what do you see? Two giant Tesla coils mm-hmm. shooting shit into the sky. So he's like, I don't know what the fuck this does. I don't really care. I just want to I make just want it, it to pretty. look cool. Okay, sure. That's that's how that's what yeah. I took away from it. Okay, this. so that. Seth. Anyway, I, like, I guess by the end of the commentary, I just got – there was all these kind of minor critiques that were fairly sure. just like subjective. And it's just like, well, I sort of think this, but it could go the way that it is in the film. But I have, I have a unique movie experience with this film because I absolutely adored it the first time. It blew me away right. in all the ways that you guys have mentioned in the commentary. Upon watching it the second time, this major 747 crash landing <laughs> of, of a uh, – of a, I think completely non-subjective error was made in the screenplay that I, I think by the, by the time I explain myself, most of you will, will agree because it's, it's just not a, it's not a subjective concept. Um, anyway. All right. Well, you slapped us with your cock a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> actually, <laughs> and, and frankly, right. sir, That's, I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you'll, I've seen pretty yeah. big ones. Enough okay. foreplay. Let's do this, and okay. then we'll tell you if we like it, all right? right? Okay, so here we go. And you can knock me off my soapbox at the end oh. if, if, you, if you really disagree. But um, so we have the, the Christian Bale character, characters, I should say. Um, and uh, obviously the big reveal at the end is that, oh, there's, there's a twin brother situation going on, yeah. and they've been sharing one life. life. Sure. Like, they're, they're two men sharing one life, and that's like this, this big unseen thing that we've been leading up to. Um, which is brilliant. And the first time, everything was completely seamless for me. Uh, and the scenario um, of them sharing a life is they're, you know, they're sharing a marriage, they're, share, they're sharing a family, they're mm-hmm. sharing every, mm-hmm. they're, they are splitting a one life. Right. They cut right. off their fingers to match right. all that shit. All, yeah. all that good shit. Yeah. 50 50. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, like, they're, they're, they're equal time looking mm-hmm. like Christian Bale. And uh, and it's a torturous existence for them essentially, and, sure. it, and it leads to immense amount of angst in their in their with their with their right. wife and their and their family. And um, my contention is that the torture that they put themselves through is completely unnecessary for what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to achieve a seamless illusion that there's mm-hmm. only one of them, and um, and they do this by splitting life fifty fifty. When it's just as easy for the one who loves the wife and the daughter to live pretty much 100% of the time as the normal Christian Bale character and live with the family that he loves. And the uh, the character that isn't in love with the family to simply live a life in disguise and actually have a whole life. Mm-hmm. It's in disguise. And that, and that is kind of sucky. Right. But it's nowhere near as sucky as splitting yeah. <laughs> your life halfway halfway down the middle and being two different people. Right. And and just screwing both of you over in ways that that are you know, 
mm. really awful. Or you yeah, could at least tell the wife what's going and on. And you also right, got really. to the point where you also get a new point of conflict right. that way. Right. But so right. so essentially my, and and that's that's the that's the crux of like the twist. Sure. You know what I, it is? It's because basically what they're doing is a conspiracy theory and the more people you bring into a conspiracy theory, the the more chance there is for it to fall apart. But you still run into that basic roadblock that conspiracy theories make no sense. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. Um, with it, uh, like uh, essentially, my like to get to the the crux of my problem is that a major character's motivations for doing very large things in the film just doesn't make sense. Yeah, which is what you what you yeah. just said. Uh, I have a completely viable alternative for how it played out in the film that actually makes the motivation it brings it into congruence with with the idea of i have to split this life 50 50 mm-hmm. i'm motivated to do that it's not like oh mm-hmm. i really shouldn't have done that and there's yeah. this easy solution that's so much less angsty yeah um a way that it could have been introduced in the screenplay that would uh where where both the brothers would have been motivated to have 50 50 split with the family is simply they're both in love with sure with, with the, wife. the wife yeah right. oh. if that were the case they would be arguing for you know i need my time with my family they would right. they would be they would be obviously forced into the concept of okay we are actually split, splitting this life 50/50 right. and there's no way around that my first question would be at that point what you're talking about is a story that takes place after the twist and there can only be so much movie after the twist right so we'd be revealing aspects of their lives after we've been told by the way there's two of them and here's their dynamic do you see that as being a problem? Uh, I do, what, I, what I'm saying is that um, that scenario that I just presented is no more complicated than the scenario presented when you retroactively tell his story right, in, but, in the right. end. But, but what he's so, but what he's saying yeah. is is for the for for it to be a reveal, mm-hmm. you can't spend a lot of time with them arguing. I love this woman. You love this woman. Blah 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 blah. Because right. it's just, you've just got to know that there's two of them. It's time would, equity. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. The, the also uh, the, the other thing I, I guess I would say is just that. Um, and not to not to say that it couldn't have been changed, but um, it was very clear that the uh, brothers. The important thing to both of them was the act. Like someone, if he's willing to cut off his fingers because the other one got his fingers blown off and they need to match, like that's dedication to the act above all else. And that that's why, you know, that, so so uh, uh, creating conflict between the two characters, I think, would have worked against what they were trying to do with those characters. Right. And, and what I would say to that is that um, one, one brother living 100% of his life in uh, disguise and the uh-huh. other brother, brother li- living with his family is still completely dedicated to the illusion. Sure. That's, 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 no, that that's part's no better. That's part's doable. And, and in, in addition to that, um, the fact that they're both in love with the same woman, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that that's uh, needs to be a big bone of contention between the two characters. Okay. That's because they they could in that they are dedicated to the act just be like okay this is the way it is uh-huh. and it's not I'm not going to argue with you about it because this is our thing this is our shtick this mm-hmm. is how we this is how we do right yeah. right but essentially what I'm what I'm bringing up is the, the whole me positing alternative and I think superior solution is kind of irrelevant I'm just saying I'm I'm highlighting the problem there could have right. been mm-hmm. multiple ways sure. of, of solving that sure. problem sure um, and, ulti- and and here's kind of how I how I feel, and this is why this is a unique movie experience okay. for me. 
is because when I first saw the film, like you can't, like this problem that I'm highlighting mm-hmm. is invisible the first time you see the film. Sure. You're so enamored with the because you haven't mystery. been thinking yeah. about yeah, you can't, yeah. you, 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 didn't, you even, don't know. Yeah, you can't even ponder the concept of like, mm-hmm. well, these are two brothers. How does that play out? Because mm-hmm. you don't know that until the right. very end, and you just see it as brilliance. Um, so the first time I saw this film, I guess the analogy that I would use is I, I feel like I was like walking through a museum five seconds before closing time, right. and uh, and and the lights are turning off. And I see, out of the corner of my eye, what appears to be this amazing masterpiece. And the, and the guards are shooting everyone out. I'm like, you, painting, I will come back tomorrow, and I will study the heck out of you because you are brilliant. Right. And then I come back the, the next day. Not quite and I re- brilliant. And I revisit it. Right. And it's like what I, what I saw to paint be – paint by numbers. Yeah. What I, what, what I saw to be completely <laughs> brilliant is actually like it's mostly brilliant. Right. It, it's, but there's just, there's just one – foundational flaw that just is like i'm sorry that's there's a simple fix too sure like that's that's the reason why it's so unfulfilling for me it's it's the there's a special type of disappointment that's reserved uh only for things that you really love and for, see as nearly perfect for near misses um, yeah right yeah, can, can i the tron effect <laughs> <laughs> let, let, can, can i respond just really quickly to the, a couple of things like because i do love the film a great deal and and i i get what you're saying uh, I would just say, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because this is a very special episode of Down Front, and, and I want to allow a lot of lot time for for other things. But really quickly, I I think firstly, anytime you get a movie where everyone acknowledges that it's fucking awesome, except for a couple minor things, we're lucky. <laughs> Secondly, uh, I would say that because you could have gotten Transformers, you could have got you could have gotten Revenge of the Fallen, which again, and eventually you did. Yeah. So how's uh, that working out so for you? Secondly. Um, and if this is your first time listening to Down in Front with me on it, my background is I'm an editor for uh, uh, for like nonfiction, documentary, reality stuff. And one of the first things that I sort of realized is that there's a million stories you can tell, mm. and a million stories you're capable of telling. And in a, a narrative this dense as The Prestige was, you have the opportunity to explore a number of different narratives. But the main story that the, the movie is trying to say is two characters who have a different approach who both have a passion for the craft of magic approach it in completely different ways and yet their obsession and rivalry with each other will send them both down a path that neither one of them really ever expected and and uh, uh, like force them to reach new depths and lows my main interest in that movie is batman and wolverine not two batmans and yes i'm going to call them you batman really and wolverine until the day i fucking that. die because yes <laughs> Uh, but no, it, that's you said. The, by the way, before we go too far past it, you said depths and lows just now. You're gonna kick I'm yourself gonna, about seriously, it. Seriously, what? To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, this is the first down in front that I'm actually imbibing during. <laughs> okay. So there's a little bit of that there. No, but there, you know, these these guys, uh, these guys, really uh, in their desperation to compete with one another, they do some pretty horrible shit to themselves and to their families and everybody around them. That's the story that we're interested in. If you add another layer of this stuff in there, it just kind of muddles what I believe to be a more interesting story. Secondly, I think that if uh, you kind of focus in on this idea that uh, you know they're, they're both in love with the same woman and like, well, the, the, a, it would be more logical for one of them to lead a full life and the other one no. I, I have cousins that are that are twins and they're not even identical twins or fraternal twins, but if I had even just my own brother, I wouldn't want him to fucking live in a closet somewhere. I'd want him to experience the same things that I live. I wouldn't want him to live none of a life so that I could live uh, a full life, even if we're, if we're both fully committed to the craft. We have to share, and that's just sort of the human thing. I think any time – I think a, a narrative this dense has lots of nooks and crannies that you could spend endless time exploring, and I think that's a better way uh, to, to go than trying to make things so pat. Well, I, I, I want to say that, uh, first of all, uh, huh – 
Interesting. Um, and and <laughs> to Seth, you mean? Yeah, to Seth. Uh, well, I just want to say it in general, like this. Watch, huh? Okay, I just wanted to do that because um, yeah, you raise a good point, and I think what the movie. The missing piece in the movie that only occurs in, in the second time around when you look at it the second time is what is the reason why they both have to be that guy? Because I think you're absolutely right that one could always be Angier except for the five right. minutes that he has to do the trick on stage. And he could live a perfectly full life and, you know, be that guy and just not look like Christian Bale. He, you know, um, it's, it's a good point. And the movie doesn't, that I recall, you know, bring up any why do they both have to be on the street? You know, why do they both have to be Christian Bale on the street and that, you know, that the need for the whole deception? You know, I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right that that's an interesting point that doesn't occur, as, as has been said. The first time you're just sort of following it through and you don't know until the end that that's the twist. So you weren't thinking about it for the two hours you were watching the movie. You're only watching it the second time. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting point. But uh, my, my follow-up actually is more in line with Eddie in that – and this, again, again, I'm, I'm twice the age of everyone else in the room. And I think pretty much everyone in the room, I think all of us for um, – I come from an era when you saw a movie once. When, you know, I was a grown-up person before they invented this thing called a VCR where you go, I can watch a movie over and over again anytime I want at will. Um, You either – you sat in the theater and you watched it and if you paid another four bucks at the time or whatever, maybe you could see it again. And then maybe a year later you might happen to catch it when it was airing on one of the three television stations. Um, You didn't really get to – nor was there a mindset about – analyzing a movie and and i don't think movies are constructed to stand up to that kind of scrutiny because a lot of movies you know if you really dig in you kind of go wait what the fuck wait what that doesn't huh (laughs) you know there's a lot of things where you really start to break it down um Mm -hmm. where you go i can't i why did they do that exactly because why wait but the movie making experience like it did you the first time which as it was designed to caught you know you just went shooting the rapids and you came out at the end going that was awesome and that's that's really what a movie is about um not not a lot of movies will hold up the second and third time if you really start to analyze it the prestige i think lends itself because it gave you such a twisty mystery it makes you want to go back and go did they really get it right, right. you know and it's fair it's fair to do that but um i don't i i wouldn't consider it a knock against the movie that it doesn't stand up to that kind of scrutiny because i don't think any movie does well no i think there are some movies that you you go back and rewatch and and fight club uh, i think there are many yeah. that are intended to. Yeah, the, the movie is inviting you to. Yeah, do that. you rewatch it and you're like, oh, I totally didn't notice that, but they set that up like an hour before it, it comes out, and I didn't notice yeah, it because I didn't. But, know the, the, but the prestige isn't that uh-huh. isn't that kind of sure, movie. Sure. I'm, I'm with I'm with Eddie that. that. Well, I'm with Eddie that it's you know it's about rivalry and how destructive it is right. and how that certainly you know and and yeah, so it does set up some convoluted improbable mm-hmm. things that don't stand up to that much scrutiny. But the first time, right. you went awesome, and that's yeah, what I'm a not, movie is I, supposed to be. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just disagreeing with the notion that, that most movies don't stand up to second scrutiny. That's that's the only thing. For a whole two more hours <laughs> of this conversation, go to the prestige commentary. Yeah. But just for his participation and for his excellent point and his conversation, Stuart, I want to thank Seth. Thank, thank you, Seth. Very much, very, very well good. thought out. And, and, and I, here's my one summation for that, and it'll become our segue. Uh, one, frankly speaking, um, you guys both had good points, but ultimately, if you had to decide, I can look like Christian Bale, but I won't, <laughs> you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> the movie falls apart. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's where the prestige is fucking, they both want to be Christian there's Bale. There's your second piece of magic. All right. Not wanting to look like Christian Bale. <laughs> Don't buy it. Dreamy Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> We're reaching our one hour, so we've done our self-congratulations and our review. Now, here's the one thing that's really interesting about the way that the timeline of Down in Front is set up. 
is that the just by the way it fell down in front happened to be born within a week of the Oscars. Which means that every year, even though it won't be like new news to you who won or who lost or what people think about it, well, it might, ultimately we, we can talk about the Oscars every year because this is going to come out actually several hours after the Oscars have ended. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to try and sound prescient. So yeah, ultimately this is you know this will not be news. You will not be informed by this in any other way than I like Down in Front. I want to hear what they have to say no, about it'll it. It'll be like Nostradamus. You go back and just see what we said. Yeah. And and on the, subject, and on, on the subject of predicting yeah, well, well, the Oscars. Uh, ideally, well, ideally they'll treat it like Nostradamus and, and just whatever we say they'll right. call it a win. Yeah. But <laughs> We could do it like hats. a magic trick though. We could do it like yeah. a magic trick where we go, we're recording this the day before the Oscars. We're actually recording it during the Oscars mm-hmm. and then we put it online right after the Oscars and it sounds mm-hmm. like we called everyone correctly. <laughs> we're uh-huh. going to get to the all ten, lol ten, all ten Oscars in a second. But first, First, on the subject of the Bake Off and of predicting Oscars, Trey, in Geeks' past, you've, you've come on the show and talked about the VFX Bake Off and your predictions. Yeah. Let's talk about the predictions for this year. This, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance. So this is, me, this is me going, yeah, I totally called it when there's no evidence of having done so. <laughs> Although I did say it to you guys in person the, the day after the You did on, uh, the, before the Aliens counter. Yeah, I said it. it wasn't recorded, but I have witnesses. Um, yeah, I went to – briefly to recap, there's a thing. Um, every year when the – there's a short list. They call it the short list usually of, of all the potential films and all the potential categories for all the Oscar categories um, comes out. Where you know a steering committee it's in that discipline. Has uh, has picked a short list of movies to then be voted on by people who that is their area of expertise to uh, to award the final nomination for sound or cinematography or whatever the discipline is, and you have to actually be a you know an accredited person who practices that that discipline to to make the final nomination. So the the final nominations when they say it's an honor just to be nominated, they really mean it because it means that all the cinematographers in the business who are members of the Academy thought yours was one of the five best cinematography jobs this this year. Um, the problem is, and where the system kind of falls apart, is once the five, usually it's five in some categories, and visual effects is three, um, and this year in Best Picture it's ten. Um, For some reason. Yeah, you know, just to make the show more exciting or something. Um, to make the show longer, because yeah. that's what they need. <clears throat> the 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 final nominees are voted on by all the members of the Academy, regardless of their area of expertise. So... <clears throat> That's why you know if it, when it, that's that's the meaning of it's an honor to be nominated, um, and it <laughs> might because you might not win because you you did the best cinematography, but the general population of the academy never saw your movie or just thought that Avatar was really good and we should probably vote for it for everything. Um, so that's the that's the it issue. Does explain a lot yeah. exactly, and and it's also interesting you can sort of see that under the under the hood a little bit when you know a, a movie will be nominated for things across the board but won't get best director. And that's because that director isn't liked by other directors. Uh, and one of the uh, egregious examples of that, from within your lifetime at least, is uh, Yentl uh, was nominated for everything except for Best Director because Barbara Streisand just didn't have the cred with her fellow directors. Um, Spielberg, for years until The Color Purple, would get movies nominated for things but never for Best Director. Jaws, right? Jaws yeah, because he was that Jaws. young, you know, he's that kid. He's that crazy young kid. So anyway, so... Uh, for he's more that th- kid that thinks he's Spielberg. Yeah, for more than for more than a decade, I have gone to the visual effects bake off, and they don't all all call it a bake off in every branch, but in visual effects, they call it a bake off um, as a joke. Where the seven films, there's a seven film short list, and the in the entire all the members of the visual effects biz, and these are yeah, you, know, you go there just. Most people go there every year just to look at Dennis Murin because um, that's when he comes out of hiding, and you, you know you get, and that means you're going to get six more weeks of Transformers if he if he sees his shadow. But um, 
They remove his mummy bandages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every year he just gets whiter. It's like oh. he, he's he's almost he's almost transparent now. He's translucent. Um, but it's everybody in the business goes, and it's like a high school reunion. And I like I love to go because I like to to you know see people. Many people I only see once a year at the Bake Off, and and also because it's interesting to see. You can kind of get a sense from the vibe in the room what will probably be the nominees you know some some films they'll they'll screen and you kind of go yeah that doesn't have a shot and other films you go that's a lock um so this year this and i can't think of all seven i have the list still sitting in my car i didn't think to bring it in but um we know the three final nominees um and you guys can verify that i came back from the bake-off the day after and i said the three nominees this year i'm betting are going to be star trek avatar district nine um which lo and behold you know Mm -hmm. most years i can usually get two the third one is hard but this year i actually called all three and that's because Everybody, the Bake Off is so much less interesting now than it was ten years ago because the everybody's story when they get up to present their clip reel is so. How'd you do these effects? Uh, computers, yeah. tons of computers, and millions of dollars. Ten years ago, yeah. it was like, well, we had to figure out how to make a translucent thing that we. You know, they used to build, to build stuff. a new camera. That's yeah, we had to build a new, new camera thing. to photograph. You know, yeah. now it's just like we had lots and lots of computers. So, that's the problem with with. Uh, I mean, we talked as about you've this said. Before. Yeah, it's, that's the problem right. with Cinefix now too. You yeah. can read yeah. the old ones, and it's like, yeah, we built a thing, and blah blah blah. And now yeah. the Cinefix article is, is now is. We use computers, only more of them and faster than last time. John Van Vliet, who's a fellow, and then I, we wrote a shader, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. the whole thing. John Van Vliet, who, who used to used to draw these uh, these great cartoons for visual effects people, um, and ran a company called Available Light, and now he's freelance. Um, I, I see him every year at the make off. I usually don't see him anywhere else, and uh, and he uh, he had a running joke. He actually drew a cartoon of this several years ago. He goes, you know, how to how to make a Cinefix picture, and the picture is um, if there's one person in the picture, they're sitting at a monitor. If there's two people in the picture, the second person is leaning over the first person's shoulder, pointing at the monitor. If there's three people in the picture, the third person is on a cell phone looking at the monitor. <laughs> that's, how you, that's a Cinefix picture. And, you know, Cinefix 101, that's what all the pictures in Cinefix are nowadays. I remember a couple of years ago, like, you and I were talking at 9am, and, and, and you had just come to the Bake Off, and I said, well, who do you think is going to win? And it was right after the, the second Pirates of the Caribbean sequel. And yeah. you said, Pirates of the Caribbean is going to win because they Dave, built... Davy Jones. Yeah. They, well, not just that. Not just they, they built a real ship and they sank it. They built a ship and then sank it because they yeah. love practical effects because that's the only thing that's different nowadays is yeah. actually going practical is is big stuff with practical effects and uh, so so the vibe you, and you can kind of get the sense and usually you can i can call it correctly avatar is just like well it's avatar you know avatar is not you know other than other than the shocking year when revenge of the sith didn't get a visual effects nomination that which shock which was a lock if there was ever a lock uh somehow didn't get it um but I figured, well, I'm going to say Avatar's lock, and, and it was. Um, and of the rest, and we had Transformers 2 was on the list. And Transformers 2, 2012, Harry 2012, Potter. Harry Potter. And, Harry uh, Potter's in. Every year they do a Harry Potter movie. Uh-huh. Every year the effects are great, and every year they don't get a nomination. Right. And it was pretty good effects at, on, in, uh, in uh, uh, Deathly Hallows. Like they had, they sort of oh, yeah. No, there's, they haven't solid. made Deathly Hallows yet. So, but so the – yeah, they're all yeah. – <laughs> Half-Blood Prince. They're whatever this the one – yeah, Half-Blood <laughs> Prince. It was great. You know, the, 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 yeah, the, the reels year. were spectacular. Yeah, so. um, but of the list, it was like, you know, I just think I felt, I felt a lot of love in the room for Star Trek, both for the nostalgia factor but because star trek i just you know looking at the reels kind of go star trek's pretty awesome what they did in star trek that's some pretty solid work and then i called district nine because district nine was the only movie on the list that didn't have a 200 million dollar budget and everyone and everyone kind of was like you know I, I, me and all the old old timers all went oh that's how we used to make movies when we didn't know what the hell we were doing and we didn't have all the money in the world and all the computers in the world 
and uh, you know, that's, and I, I'm so gonna, I, I, I want to say something about District Nine. I thought the dis- I, I, I yep. felt District Nine would get a nomination because their effects were as good as everyone else's, but at one tenth the budget of everyone else, and uh, and sure enough, it did. So now on the subject of the Oscars, we've gone from visual effects. Wasn't gonna, he going to make a prediction or something? Like, no, wasn't that one of the his prediction thing. was the three, oh, the three, oh. the three. Oh, oh. let's let's make a prediction of who's going to let's make a prediction of who's going to win. Well, yeah, no, as a, right, that's Avatar. But here's here's and my as, whole I, thing. as I pointed out, the reason Avatar will win because this is the, the Phil Tippett, and it's only been broken twice in Oscar history that I can think of. Is the winner of the visual effects Oscar and many of the other categories too, since it's voted on by the entire population right. regardless of their expertise, is well. People who don't know visual effects are just going to go, Avatar. I mean, it's a gimme. Well, you know, sure, they, sure. They don't know the I mean, difference between uh, Avatar and District 9 and, and Star Trek. That's true. So they're just going to go, it's Avatar, because it's got a lot of visual a lot of, A lot of people – well, that's the thing. It's like it's like you can, you can correctly guess uh, most of the Oscar wins by just replacing the word best with most. Right, right. <laughs> now, visual effects is that. This year, the Oscars did their 10 as opposed to 5 nominations thing. Uh, and those films this year were Avatar, Precious, Blindside, Inglorious Bastards, Up, Up in the Air, The Hurt Locker, An Education, A Serious Man, uh, and District 9. Now, Up, I think, by the way, it really shows the the desperation right. that they felt. <laughs> because they said ten movies just to say it. It's not like uh, – there was there was another year early, early on that it was a trivia question at the uh, AMC thing that I went to. It's not like I fucking know this shit. But um, <laughs> it, like, like in you do. 1940-something, 1942 or 1937 or somewhere around there. Well, I think the early, early Oscars they had. There was – well, there were ten. ten there, was, yeah. there was a year at least where there were yeah. ten because there were just so many good movies. They just – but well, they, this, was, they didn't have arbitrary limits. It yeah. It was like – just like some years there – back in the day. There was, there four, was no one year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And back in the day, you know, again, before your kids are born – they didn't give out a visual effects Oscar right. every year because not there weren't enough movies yeah. of visual effects to yeah. give an Oscar. Now to. I think they should add more to that category. It really does. Anything. It really but, does. Yeah, it deserves more than three at this point. Yeah, but um, uh, Up is nominated for Best Picture and Best Animated Feature. Mm-hmm. Like that's how <laughs> strapped they yeah. were for nominations yeah. that I, they like, they double nominated. Do we have ten good movies? I feel like they were looking for like, well, we have more than five good pictures. We have about seven, but we can't do seven because that's a weird number. Yeah. And I feel like they wanted to nominate seven. Like mm-hmm. seven was the number they were looking for. And then the, there was like, well, it kind of needs to be a round number. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It just yeah. does. Now, we went around the table earlier, and none of us had seen more than like five or six or seven of the best pictures. Now, Dorkman went to a screening of all ten Oscar-nominated best picture noms. Right. Um, I First off... Having seen that list, having seen several of them, I admire you. <laughs> Holy shit. Because there were – I don't know. I haven't seen many of them, but there were some boring damn movies. Well, uh, yeah. Um, the ones you – had you seen other ones before this running and did you – seen it up. To, Clearly it's seen up. I'd seen up. Sure. I, it's, it, it, it varies because this is, this, is fir- this is not the first time that this has happened. AMC has been running this for um, at least one more year than the first year I started going, which was like three years ago, because there were people at that screening being like, "Hey, I did this last year, whatever." Um, but uh, normally they were normally there were like um, no, because seriously, he was talking. He he had his tags from last year because they give you like a lanyard and stuff. I'm like, no one is proud of you for this. I don't even the guy right behind us. This isn't the Battle of Verdun. Exactly. So he was the guy at the AMC showing who was like. The shins are so much better than this. Yeah, exactly. But he, well, he was the guy who was like, you know, last year they had, you know, whatever. Shut up. Um, anyway, um, 
uh, yeah, so they do this every year. Um, if you're interested, listeners, um, in checking that out, because a lot of times they will nominate movies where you're like, I don't even know what, what like, what, what is that? I would go to. I don't know I where know. I would see that movie. I don't know what that movie is, and I never that's heard That's how I felt about it. District 9. I'm like, we have to find the theater that's playing right. District 9 when it comes out, because that looks cool. Right, but a lot of times there'll be at least one or two that that played... That barely played anywhere. They played just enough to qualify for a, a nomination, and then they got it based on like screeners and stuff. But no one actually saw it, you know. Um, and so it's it's good to to be able to go to that because I don't watch the Super Bowl or anything like that. I watch the Oscars. Like even though they're kind of lame and boring a lot of times, I watch them. You know, uh, that's that's the thing. So it's good to to have a horse in the race. It's good to know your, the, all of the options and to be able to pick something, I think, which is why I go. Um, but this year, there's 10 of them, so they split it into two weekends. Or you could do a total button-a-thon and do a 24-hour nice. one, oh, one go. We considered it, um, but then, no, we didn't. Um, <laughs> like, even if you go to see, like, Brian and I went to go see, we're going to see fucking the Back to the Future trilogy. At the new oh. Bev, one through. Uh, I, I got through halfway through part two, and I was like, "Brian, have fun." Bye. I, yeah. I've done the Back to the Future trilogy, which we did, and I've done the Indiana Jones trilogy, and, and two thousand and one. All I, three are six hours long. I, I did. It's oh, tough. <laughs> it's a tough thing. This year, the I end, did. You're like, oh. New Year's Day, I did um, the the Lord of the Rings extended. Was, yeah, editions. I did that too. Not, no, not New Year's, but when they did it last year. That's hard. Well, no, I did it at home. I didn't even. It wasn't as special <laughs> nice. as going to a fucking theater. I just busted out the DVDs and like we're doing this because it's New Year's Day and I don't want to do another damn thing at all. All right. Um. See, anyway, the Oscars. Um. I, I'm just saying that's it's hard to do. And the, so the Oscars, uh, movies. I'd seen about half of them this year. Like, there's there's a parallel universe where only five are nominated, and I've seen them all, and I don't have to go necessarily. I probably still would though, uh, if I liked them. But you've, um, got, you've got a list in front of you. I have of a list all in 10. front of me uh, in in no particular order. Um, so there was Avatar. They they did lead with that. Um, they showed it in in 3D. Uh, the the stereo system was not well set up, so it actually kind of hurt a little bit, which it didn't when I saw it. Uh, the hurt, first time. You hurt your eyes? Hurt my eyes, yeah. Um, really? Yeah. I, I I never had that experience with 3D. Does it just make you like have like a I'm crossing my eyes headache? Yeah, basically. Basically, it's it's or I'm I'm you know, it, it's set a little too wide or something, so like your eyes are trying to pull it together and it can't they quite have to work just a little bit yeah, harder to yeah. do it. Um uh Avatar was interesting because I I saw it and it was it was I mean, we've talked about it and we're going to do an episode, but um, it was interesting to see it the second time because I knew that it was very straightforward and kind of story-wise mediocre. But actually, like, almost none of the choices any of the characters make make any sense. If you really uh, – if you uh, again, kind of like what we were talking about with the prestige and stuff, knowing where everything is going and how things are kind of built up – you can you can read that into kind of everything people do, and it's like that doesn't make sense as in light of what's ca- coming later. I, I remember now that this happened, and that means that thing that comes later doesn't make sense, you know, and stuff like that. So Avatar really came apart at the seams for me watching it a second time. We're gonna just do this real quick. Each everyone just one sentence each doesn't have to be a thing. Just how'd you feel about it? Avatar, I was disappointed, but it's pretty. 
Mm. So I can understand both aspects of it. Uh-huh. Trey, have you seen Avatar? Uh, I, yeah, I did. It's one of the few movies on the list that I have seen. Actually, um, I, I thought Avatar was great because I didn't have any more expectation from it than I tend to like the mm-hmm. movies Cameron makes, and I liked this one he made, and I didn't feel that my life was changed by it, but I didn't expect it to be. And w- uh, one weird thing we're talking about the 3D is uh, my I saw I saw Avatar at the Cinerama Dome in in the dome where you would think it would be pretty good, um, and I enjoyed the movie, and I, but I wasn't really particularly affected by the 3D. When mm-hmm. I went to the Bake Off, um, we, we all got issued glasses walking in uh, because it's like, oh, it's 3D and you have to watch the 3D. And this, of course, is in the Academy Theater, which is one of the best theaters in the world. Right. And we're here to evaluate the visual effects. So, you know, they had that sucker dialed up to, mm-hmm. to 11. And I was blown away by the 3D uh-huh. in a way that I, I didn't even... It was, it was almost like when I saw the Cinerama Dome like the glasses weren't working or something right. and it wasn't actually in 3D and I just didn't know that it, I wasn't getting the real because when I saw it at the bake-off and it was only 15 minutes I was like holy smokes mm. this is gorgeous I mean the 3D was in, was breathtaking yep. and I didn't get that impression seeing it when I saw the whole movie Brian one sentence Avatar uh, that was not one sentence by the way well I know I know either I of you I had a but, sidebar to so you don't necessarily have to consider, but go ahead well, I, summarize I will, Avatar brevity is what or yeah brevity is what that's what we'll say because uh, it's briefer it's shorter. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, a fantastic experience, an amazing experience. Uh, the storytelling is disappointing, even by Cameron's standards, who we know is not the most complex storyteller of all time. Ryan, but pretty successful. Avatar, before, sir. You know, Avatar. But, but a competent storyteller usually mm-hmm. in, in his previous films. But mm-hmm. Avatar is not a competently told story. Mm-hmm. I could agree. I, I agree. agree. Ryan, um, yeah. It's, it, for me, I just was going in not real with no expectations on the story, and I still, to be honest, I never have really bothered to. <laughs> really hold it to, you know I, I've got I've just gone in and sort of experienced it as this is a milestone in visual effects and sort of movie making whether we like it or not in terms of what it's doing for movies but it's it's this is a big thing that will be looked at back on and remembered I've just been enjoying yep. it for its spectacle basically yeah. now Eddie did you see Avatar yeah I did uh, saw it in 3D IMAX in Buffalo actually uh, nifty similar to Trey yeah I, I see it in Atlantic City yeah <laughs> no this is actually a really well calibrated IMAX theater I was very happy with it the 3D I had no problems with it uh, very similar to Trey and I would just say that um, complex doesn't necessarily have to mean bad I, I enjoyed the story familiar I think it was a very familiar story because uh, you get that repeated even as far back as like John Carter of Mars if you go way way back uh, but I feel you know it wasn't it wasn't terribly complex. It was a fairly simple, straightforward story, and some groundbreaking, breathtaking visuals. I really did, and it's a cliche to say immersive, but it was incredibly immersive, and I enjoyed every minute of it. So the homogenized down in front opinion of Avatar is, huh? Yeah, yeah, and and I didn't go into it I expecting think anything. I think it's more, more like, than, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next movie on the list? Uh, next one is District 9. We did a whole show on it, so, you know. Go to the um, District 9 episode. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Precious, which, oh, uh, yeah, which yeah. I just recently saw the other day. Yeah, Precious, Brian and I watched that. Precious yeah. is, I thought, was fantastic. Like, I heard good things about it. It's nominated, obviously, for what that's worth now. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, some really amazing performances, really, really emotionally powerful like i actually cried at one point in the movie and i, I usually get uh, tear up in movies because i'm a sissy like that but but i actually it actually pushed me over the edge and really got me and um, involved and and performances are great and uh this 
that one should actually probably be one of the front runners, but it was really just a token nomination. So, so you really like Precious? Yeah, I did. I saw. Well, Pre- it's a movie like it's Liquid like for a Dream or yeah. whatever. It's, it's like, like oh, that movie about that girl who had a rape baby and stuff like that. Yeah, I liked it. Like two, it. Yeah, two rape babies. You know, yeah. two rape babies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a spoiler. It's a on that. It's a rape baby value pack. Yeah. Now I'm really inspired to see the movie. Well, that's the thing. Wow, that's the thing. Gonna go out humming that one. That's the thing. You say you you hear it and i knew so many people who didn't want to see it because you i mean it, yeah, there's a lot of movies, it's one of those it's movies like it's the ad campaign i'm like yeah that's probably it's it's our our, our unofficial ninth down in fronter william goldman <laughs> calls those medicinal movies it's yeah like, you have to see this movie because it'll be good for you yeah that's gonna to see this movie. that's really gonna ruin my day but yeah, i should see it you know, and i'm not inspired to see that it's yeah. like I, I i i'd rather go see avatar precious might i'm sure is a wonderful movie, precious but, is actually it's it's hard to explain how exactly um, it, it, briefly, well, it's not actually, but um, Precious is actually uplifting, despite it all. Like she, yeah. she goes through all this terrible shit, but she manages to basically come out on top. And and right. not, it's not a huge victory, but it's still a victory, and it's uplifting at the end. So right. I would recommend Precious to people who haven't seen it. I think it'll come out this Tuesday, as of right. uh, it'll come out the eleventh or whatever it is, ninth, eleventh, whatever. I saw Precious. I liked Precious. Um. And beyond that, my, my only comment is I, I'd be curious. I'm, I'm looking forward to when Brian talks about Precious here in a second. Uh, which performance required the most angst on the part of the performer and the most dedication? Because obviously, while the lead girl is the lead girl, and she is underrated because people are having this argument all over the world, and they're not even acknowledging her. I acknowledge that she did some shit. Because if you watch her in interviews, she's this nice, chipper girl. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, you watch her, and she's like, oh, she's kind of dumb. It's easy to – we've talked about it on the front how it's hard to play smart, but it's – the impl- implication is that it's a little easier for someone to play dumb, and she does. But you never give her the credit of being. I wonder if she can actually talk. It's a character, though. And she really it is can. clearly and a it, character. So, so, you would so, never know. And, uh, what I'm saying is that there's a performance there that yeah. people would like underrate, and that's that's a whole thing. It's true. It, it isn't. It is an important. It is a legitimate performance. I was just listening to an interview with Lee Daniels, the director, and he was saying like they put out this nationwide casting call. They were looking at you know girls who literally you know worked at McDonald's or worked here you know that were. Literally Precious, the character of Precious. And, you know, he was like, well, we could go with any of this. But he realized at a certain point that if he just cast Precious, somebody who was actually that, that he would... He felt that he would then be exploiting yeah, that that's person. Yeah, a good point, too. And so then... Um, um, now I blank on her name. No, no, no. The no Precious. Right. Gabrielle Sidibe. Oh, Gabrielle it, It's not Gabrielle, though. It's... Gabriella or something. Something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Precious. Precious. The actors who, play Pre- who plays Precious... The you know, skinny, came the, in the skinny and, white chick who is the lead. Right, right. Uh, she came, she came in, she did it, and but she was also this very you know erudite, intelligence, you know, full fledged per- full fledged person, and that yeah, it it had to be somebody doing that as a character in order for it to not be exploitative. And in, anyway, what I was going to say before I throw this to Brian to talk about what he just talked about, sorry, uh, is that there's um, a, a lot of excellent performances. What I took away from it was who really brought it. And I don't know that chick because obviously she's an, she's an unknown actress. But I know Monique. I've seen her before. I've seen her on shows. I've seen her stand up. I've seen her being roasted by Jeffrey Ross. I've seen everything. Monique, while she's got the obvious part, it's easy to play over the top. It's easy, it's easy to go full retard, I guess. She does. She completely nails well, full that. psycho. Really. Like there, there's there's several character characters. Full vulnerable. There's the teacher. There's Mariah Carey, and there's the lead girl. And I didn't realize that was Mariah Carey till the end. Isn't by that the weird? Way. She really went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just disappears. And of those four, like there's four people that are actresses, and they are conforming to their thing, and they're really committing to it and doing their thing, and they're all doing great jobs. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, Monique did the best because she had 
on a on a level playing field, she has the easiest job. Go full crazy on screen. Even though she actually brings a lot of subtlety to it. So for that, even though she's the obvious choice, I go back around the whole thing and I come back to, I think Monique kicks ass on Precious. Well, Trey, Trey, did you see Precious at all? Trey hasn't seen it. Brian? Well, going full crazy, I think... Yeah, Mon- have you, by the way, seen Precious? I've not seen Precious. Okay. Right, so it's, yeah. it's, it's Brian, me, and Dork, man. Brian, finish this up. Um, well, I, yeah, Monique, I think she's she's gotten a lot of notoriety because she's... She was been known for something completely different, and then pulled out that performance, which was amazing. But I think her performance and uh, Gabrielle, uh, uh, Precious Gabrielle, Gabrielle. I don't think it's Gabrielle, but anyway, uh, they're very equally strong performances. But since we don't know uh, Precious, you know, we're not as surprised as with Monique. But I think it's in like terms- when Ed Norton came out for Primal Fury, he's like, "We're not going to give him an Oscar. He's clearly just crazy." <laughs> or Robert Downey Jr. He's just weird. But. Um, I think if you're talking about directing in terms of getting an actor's performance, I think Lee Daniels runs away with it mm. out of all of uh, the ones I've seen. And granted, I haven't seen all of them. Right on. But um, in, in terms of being able to get those performances from Monique and from Mariah Carey and from everybody else, absolutely Lee Daniels. Also, I, it's the toughest thing for an actor to do is to just sit there and open up your soul so completely the way Monique obviously does. Oh, and Monique... Uh, uh Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently she is an incest survivor. Yeah. So she really was opening herself up. But she found it therapeutic, dude, she said. Whoa. After yeah. I saw it. Precious, man, and you just brought me down. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I could have guessed that. I, that doesn't surprise me at all to hear you say that because it's – there's a certain – Honestly, yeah, there's a certain honesty. Some In certain roles, like Dustin Hoffman in, in Kramer vs. Kramer and other particular roles – there's just this veracity to it that you can tell. It's they're not acting; it's real. Whatever, they whatever. Understand it. They, they understand, understand it on it. a deeply, yeah. deeply personal level, and there's no way you can really genuinely fake that. And you can see in in Monique's performance that so it you, is genuinely that. You felt Precious was a strong film. Maybe not in, a movie that you of, liked, but it's a very strong. Film. In terms of performances, and in terms of a director getting those performances, absolutely the best. I also want to give a shout out to Precious for being a a quote-unquote period film without drawing any attention to itself yeah. for being a period film. It wasn't like Gangs of New York where we're going to fill the soundstage with you know this mob, while it, which is great. But this was a period film set in the 80s, and at no point was it ever going, look look how period we are. Look at all the 80s nine. going on. Yeah. 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 Music, Walkman, and yeah. yeah. Well, my, here's my question from not having, seen, um, not having paid as much attention to this year's Oscars as I should have. Um, are Lee Daniels and uh, all these actresses uh, Lee Daniels nominated? Is. Lee Daniels is nominated. Monique, Monique is, Monique is, Monique is nominated. supporting, I would yeah. imagine. Yes. Supporting, and, and I don't and, know if the lead in Precious is. She is. She is. Without even knowing, I bet you she is. I bet she is. All right, and Ryan and Eddie haven't seen it. Okay. So what's the next movie? Yeah. Okay, uh, The Blind Side. Anyone else see this one? Fortunately, uh, we only have two more after this, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not so much. I never saw The Blind Side. What's funny is that my opinion of The Blind Side from the trailer, which is the extent of my knowledge, uh-huh. I don't think any of us have seen it. I did. Except for Dorkman, obviously. Right. <laughs> we, know, we know that you saw all of these. Uh, I saw that, and she's playing, uh, while my mom isn't rich, she's kind of playing my mom. She's the sort of uh, expansive personality, southern-accented white woman. Yeah, which I, that's that's as much as I read out of the trailer. But it's like, oh my god, Sandra Bullock playing my mom makes me feel weird. The, yeah, the, let me ask let me ask you this question, Dorkman. Okay, is there? He hasn't even talked about the movie yet. <laughs> well, because I think we can basically sum up the discussion of the Blind Side in this one question. We all saw the trailer. Uh-huh. We all know what the movie, what we ha- what we think of the movie based on the trailer. Is there any more redeeming quality to that movie 
It's a absolute dog shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's well done. Complete dog shit. It is next. Uh, I I was I was stunned by how like I was I was stunned by how insulted I felt. Yeah. As as a white person for for white people and for black people because right. the whole thing was like look how great she is. You know, uh, oh oh you you rich Christians should go out and you know uh you know, go a, save a poor go black sponsor man. a right. poor black man, and, and poor black men appreciate how wonderful <laughs> it is when the when the nice white lady comes. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like every every scene, there was something, and there are literally scenes where it's like the movie is Julia, uh, not Julia Roberts. It was going to be Julia but, but, but Roberts, could just as well have been Julia Roberts could, or any yeah. of those. Sandra Bullock is a good person. Well, right. you know, that's, that's the other, I think you that's the draw, alternate title. You can draw a this. pretty straight line between between and just knowing what I know about the Blind Side, which is the trailer, which is all I really need to know. You can draw a pretty straight line between the Blind Side and Avatar. You know, it's like other than other yes. Than, well, other I don't want to get I don't want to get too much into it because we've got a commentary to do. But yes, absolutely. well, it's kind of like uh, oh, here comes here comes the you know the white person to, to do everything better than the indigenous. The, yeah. 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 a different skin color. Here comes, well, it's a good thing Master showed up to tell us uh, yeah. where to shoot the uh, arrows and use our flying things because we were u- doing that before. But now we're going to do it again with him and it'll work. Well, my my question to you because you've seen it. Like one of the one of the criticisms I heard about it was uh, Tanahasi Coates at the he's a senior editor at the Atlantic. And he kind of reviewed the film, and what he sort of brought about was that the the character, and I don't know the character's name off the top of my head. The 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 actual the, the black guy, the the, um, the Michael. Michael. I don't know his last name. Michael. Well, Michael Dor- Dorkman. Michael. Or. We'll go with Dorkman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Dorkman. Yeah. Uh, no. So is that he's not an actual character? He doesn't actually do anything at any point. He's mm-hmm. literally there to justify the actions and the character of the other people around him. But he doesn't right. act. He's inert. He doesn't actually do anything that shows any sort of sense of character or morality or or slant or anything like that. He just receives. He doesn't actually do anything in that world. Would you feel like that's a, a fair criticism or is it I would like- say I would say that's almost completely true. At the very end, and I'm not defending this movie in any right, way, right, but right. Um, at the very end he does kind of take on an active choice because people start implying right. to him that they only did it to to, you know, boost their standing or whatever. Sure. And he, he kind of starts to believe that and and says I want nothing to do with this and and leaves. Gotcha. Um at the at the very end. Towards the end. Okay. Towards the end. Okay. Um that's like the act 3 or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's, um, the, that's the false resolution, yeah. right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then uh but then he's like, "Oh, it sucks to be black." And he goes back with the white people. That's oh, basically good. what happens. Can I can right, I also movie. Can I also say that in terms of choosing to tell this story versus any other that I think it's insulting that you're basically saying Poor downtrodden black people. The only way you're ever going to get out of your unfortunate circumstances is to be good at sports, yeah. or, or the ben- or the the grace of a white person, or the grace of a white person. person. But even you're not uh, gonna, a white person who's who's doing it for Jesus. You're not gonna, also, you're right. not going to get the grace of, of the white person unless you're good at sports. Yeah. How about try cracking open a science book? Sandra you know? Bullock would have never found Precious and made her life better. Yeah, what? yeah, it's true. And, and Precious did it herself. Yeah, Precious in did the it movie. herself. It's, it's why Precious is so much better and more positive of a thing. In The Blind Side, like I said, I was insulted on so many levels Because <laughs> it's the opposite movie. of The Blind Side. The Blind Side implies, based on the fact that you're a human being, I will help you. No, Precious. But it, or, I'm yeah. saying The Blind well, Side implies, based on the fact that you're a human being, I will help you. But effectively, in terms of. of storytelling, it's like... Mr. Black sports guy, I will help you. Yeah. If you're good at sports, I'll help you. It's the opposite of the blind you. side. It's like when Stephen Colbert says, I don't see color, but you know his character's 
even then being a douchebag. Right, right. Anyway. Man, Sandra so, Bullock's a bitch. Yeah. I think that we can all... <laughs> and that one time she wouldn't help Keanu Reeves with his bus, <laughs> and it just sucked. All right, so Blind Side... Uh, okay. So we, we can Moving all expect, on. based on the trailer, the Blind Side to be kind of... Don't, just, don't ever even bother. All right. Don't give the, what, them the benefit. What's next anyway. on the list, then? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Ah! Which will eventually Same thing you said with Avatar. We have a whole commentary. Yeah, to do. we gotta we gotta get to that. That uh, how did you feel about it? You saw it again, right? You yeah, I saw it again. Um, it. Um, well, I don't know. It's it's. I don't think he likes it very much. It it overstays its welcome is its main problem. I think if you I think if you cut about half an hour out of that movie, then it would be much more palatable, and and there would be much fewer. Things to level against it, because at the end of the day, it is a Tarantino movie, and and he gets to do whatever he feels like as long as he throws Sam Jackson in there somewhere. Um, and so, but but it's just it's too long. Like it's literally the kind of thing where I've seen it twice. I read the script, and I'm, and I actually read it. Uh, coming out of it, I was like, that's got to be a gag. Like I read the script, and I was like, that's 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 a dodge. Like they're sending out that that, that they're leaking that script, so people think they've read *Inglorious Bastards*, but it can't be that. And it totally is. Um, it's exactly the script I read. But um, uh, yeah, it just just shorten it up because because I would get to the end of the movie. This happened to me both times. I would get to the end. And they would reference something in the beginning of the movie, and I literally went, "Oh yeah, that is in this movie." Like I felt like it was another movie it's I like had I watched. I forgot I was a human being. Yeah, exactly. A- around the table, real quick. Raise your hand if you saw it. So wow. just me and Eddie saw *Inglorious Bastards*. All right, yeah, I haven't seen All it. All right, yet. well, everyone else in the room is going, uh, "Fucking Ryan and Trey are idiots." Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> everyone but Ryan and Trey who are at the table are raising their hands. Uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. Well, no, I, uh, yeah. I was scratching my back. Uh, oh. <laughs> so just, is, is your back? So just is your back three of us. So, no, it actually okay. still itches. So I, I look forward to throwing this to Eddie. We're gonna do. We're I guarantee. I promise, listener, we're going to do a commentary. But I, I've never actively felt so much absolute <laughs> hatred for a film during the, and and I, I can explain it to you only in the abstract because ultimately, and this is one of those weird pedantic internet things where it's like, well, what didn't you like about *Inglorious Bastards*? And I can't help the fact that my answer is, what did you like about *Inglorious Bastards*? Ultimately, if you gave me a movie about Brad Pitt going out to kill Nazis and said, by the way, the guy who's directing it, the guy who's directing it, it's Quentin Tarantino, I would go, that will fucking own start to end. And Inglorious Bastards could never ever, for all the things people who like it can say, they can never say, man, I love that movie, and it owned from start to end. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm on the far opposition of that conservative thing they could say. I hated every moment of it. Sure. Uh, and and we'll get into that in the commentary. Uh, and Brian, Trey, Ryan haven't seen it. Haven't Eddie, how do you feel about *Inglorious Bastards*? I learned a long time ago uh, on how to take my Tarantino medicine. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is the guy who laid out *Full Metal Jacket* for me and go, "Oh, this movie rules." Well, no, I mean, and and my point is is that you cannot view Tarantino as a filmmaker. He is a fabricator of cinematic mixtapes, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and part of the reason like why Cameron people. Crow. And, and well, I mean, Cameron Crowe has a sensibility. He has a sensibility. Sure. Tarantino, like literally, he just he's like Scorsese in the sense that he just he's more famous for loving film than making film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and if people love Kill Bill, it's because Tarantino made a good mixtape of things that are a little more palatable than 
the mixtape that he made out of the influences that went into that. Uh, just a, a little bit of an anecdote. Like, I love Kill Bill. I right, exactly. And so, I liked it and a lot so too. do I. I love Kill Bill because I love uh, Fist of the White Lotus, because I love uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine, right, because right. I love all the movies that went into the, the I, influence. I, I don't even recognize what you're saying is English. Sunny, Sunny oh, I like it. I, I like all those Revenge samurai Robots, kind of, Pulp Fiction a lot, and Kill Bill a lot. Because you, and I have no idea. And I bet if, if, if someone was very smart and they took all the movies that you love in general and broke it down to some sort of like pie chart, the the you know the Venn diagram that is those movies and the overlap of the influences will will line up with what they you corroborate like. what I already like exactly now to, as an example before we start recording this session I was showing uh, a few moments from my favorite episode of T J Hooker to the Down Front cast <laughs> now there's like three minutes in a forty minute episode guest starring uh, Spock. That are really Yay. fucking funny, and so I showed those moments. The problem is, yeah, there's yeah, another yeah. thirty nine minutes. Brian, yes, for those the pro- show, Brian was gleeful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I fo- follow Teague on Twitter for the the best photo ever of that. <laughs> but the point is, is that there's thirty nine minutes that aren't that cute, that are just sort of crap, that are just sort of that you have to take in order to get those three minutes of, of excellence. So if I think people's problems with with Inglorious Bastards is that. Tarantino's taking not just like a couple moments, he's taking giant chunks of these movies that he loves about World War II movies and, and throwing that in there. To, to put a point on it, I, I enjoyed it for exactly what it was. I agree with Dorkman that's probably about 20 minutes too long, but I didn't care, whatever. It's a good, it's a good off-diet day. But, but I will agree that it's, it's uh, with, with Teague that the movie that was promised is definitely the movie I wanted to see. And for I that, to, I'm with I, you on that. What I wanted to see, I mean, I've, I, I talked to Ryan about this before as well, um, what I wanted to see was uh, just the basically, you know, the what the newsreels told everyone World War Two was right. like. Oh, we go, went in there and smacked everyone around with our ball sack and and knocked <laughs> them into shape. I wanted that to be the movie. Like he exactly. makes it as it's, though it's, World it's War Two really was that another way. movie on this list. Uh, Dorkman had said, "Had I seen the movie that you all remember seeing, I would have loved it too." But ultimately, that's not the movie that was there. Mm. That's how I feel about Glorious Bastards. Everyone seems to remember this great movie, and I remember what they're talking about. However, I also remember the hour, not 20 minutes, <laughs> hour of other bullshit. Yeah. I'll watch Quentin Tarantino write dialogue all day long, as long as I can at least listen to it in English, and it's kind of funny, and Samuel L. Jackson saying it. When you take away <laughs> all of the presence on screen and the English, I'm, I lose my patience very quickly. The movie that Darkman was talking about, where he was like, I don't remember the movie that you saw. I remember what you're talking about, but there was more to it than that, was Up. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, which but we did a commentary on that, so let's just talk to the people who weren't on <laughs> the commentary for that. Well, one. did you? I, well, real I quick, you, you saw it again. I uh, actually didn't see it again because uh, that was the first. That was the first movie uh, today. Th- this today was the second uh, uh, series of screenings, and I got so drunk last night. Um, so <laughs> you I, no. So, so I had already Oops. seen. I got I got more drunk than I've been in a very long time, even for me. He got um, hella blasted. So I got way hella blasted. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was hung over for most of the, for most of the screenings today, um, which what like, and I don't get hung over. Like I'm pretty inured to alcohol at this point, so that's how like gone I was. But um, so I slept through up. Um, Aww. So well, you, no, I didn't even go. I, I stayed in bed, oh, and then okay. I went to the, the right, second cool. movie. So you, everyone you else sleep with 3D glasses on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone else raise your hand if you saw Up? All right, so that's everyone but Trey at the table. I, I liked Up, although we, we acknowledge the fact that there were kind of two magic beans. You've yeah. got Man with House story, also Talking Dogs. Yeah. And, and while that didn't really pause my love for the movie, because 
while I am a discerning person, kind of, ultimately Pixar bypasses that and goes straight into my like my sure. deep brain and just goes, you will love this because they have big eyes and they're funny and John Ratzenberger is there. <laughs> so I, I like Up. That's my one sentence of thing. I, I didn't think I needed to raise my hand because two weeks ago you and I watched yeah. Up together and did a commentary on it. Um, I have seen Up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's evidence of that. I really can't deny that I've seen Up and I, my, my opinion on it is, is very well documented. Um, well, it could be a very large conspiracy theory. Yeah, it was actually, I was actually yeah. edited in later. It wasn't really me. Um, yeah, of course, I, I like Up. Actually, a uh, uh, teaser. Um, of course, one of the things we spent in the Up commentary doing was uh, uh, bitch slapping cars uh, to, the, to the point where somebody in the forum said, what is your deal with cars <laughs> um and uh here you know, spoiler um i recently I, I happened to actually own the dvd of cars and uh someone gave it to me i didn't voluntarily buy it um i watched i watched cars this afternoon i can't tell you anything that's wrong with cars i that's know, what i'm talking about yeah. i don't have a problem with cars it's, it's, I, it's i was on a, my point of view is i just don't like stock cars well that's, that's, and, that's and that's what i said in the commentary is i don't hate cars i don't hate cars quote cars the movie um, so yeah, I, I just don't like cars. The thing, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's 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 you know, I I got to tell you, and I'll probably if I say this, I won't have anything to say during the actual cars commentary that we don't have to do now. But uh, the only <laughs> thing, the only thing is, I felt, and I could be totally wrong, but I felt like Cars was like the first time I ever thought Pixar is pandering. Pixar is actually going after a market. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. a little NASCAR. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like the fact that it's like NASCAR, and we're going to put Larry the Cable Guy in it. Not to not not missing the fact that it's the only thing I've ever liked Larry the Cable Guy in, and he's brilliant, and it's great voice casting and I think Mater is adorable but I would never pay money to go see Larry the Cable Guy do anything else ever because he's not my, I'm not the market so I just felt I just felt like we, we haven't sold toy cars yet it's you know it, it was an Ewok it was an Ewok choice yeah it was an Ewok choice and as we know with Insider Info Ewoks exist because there were no Star Wars stuffed animals you know rat, you know <laughs> And that's why we have Ewoks, because <laughs> Lucas said, you know, we don't have a stuffed animal line. Let's put stuffed animal plushies in our next, in that final, in our last Star Wars movie. And, and that's what, I, I was just dis- only disappointed in Pixar for going, oh, you actually went for, you know, you went for you that other it. half of the country. You know, it's like, sold it's out. Like, it's like, yeah, but then they redeemed themselves. Like, With but, Wally. But, yeah. With, they, they but our next one, after but our next <laughs> one is going to be about a rat and France. Yeah. You know, okay, that's the Pixar I like. The way they go, fuck and you. Gourmet make food. Any, any movie we want because it's the movie we want to make. And I guess they wanted to make cars and the love is there and the craft is there like always. But it just felt like, why? Brian was there for our up commentary, which you can find in the archives, um, and everyone else wasn't. So, Brian, in in terms of up, uh, I don't think it. Okay, well, in regards to Oscars, I don't think it belongs on this list, like we talked about earlier. Um, I, you think it's one of the other five? Yeah, I, I think it was very much the them. They had well, their it's five. It's animated for best it, best animated. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right. Uh, I, I, I like it's it. not a genre. It's a, it's a technique. Yeah, it's not a genre <laughs> of movie. It's a, it's a it's a it's a method. You know. I guess I don't even and, know. And well, and now it's just, it's just the concept. You, you almost you almost watch it and you're like, shouldn't Avatar also be nominated for best I, animated at this dead point? On, you know. Yeah. And did you I, like Up? Yeah, it's yeah, it's meh. It's Pixar. Yeah, um, it's Pixar, and they don't really fuck this up. Their yeah. worst movie will still be endearing and thoughtful and have a great score by Michael Giacchino. Their their great screw up is still a really good day for anybody else. Uh, but I definitely think that Up is well. The Academy is like, well, we have more than five, so but there's these other two, so we have really good seven, but we should have ten. So find another three. So it's not even the other five; it's the last three. <laughs> I think Up was like nine or ten 
on that list. Oh, wow. Okay. It feels like they now, were kind of striving to have a controversial, like, oh, my God, it's the animated one. It's for best picture, not animated best picture. It's in the best picture category. And they're trying to sort of start Ryan, a new Ryan, shut up. I want to know what Ryan has to say about Up. <laughs> but, the best pic- but the best animated pi- uh, picture category is only, like, what, four years old and was created for Pixar in the first place? And mm-hmm. then Shrek took it. The first year, <laughs> it doesn't Beauty, make sense. Of the Beast, Beauty of the Beast was not made for Best Picture in yeah, '90. Yeah, yeah. You know. Ryan, up to jump back for a second. I'm sorry. When you said that you you feel it shouldn't be on the list for animated Best Animated Film, what did you mean by that? No, he I, means he means this the Best Picture for the one, Best right? Picture. It, yeah. just, it right. just doesn't make sense to me to have that it to on have it in both. Yes, yeah. I agree. Okay, I, 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 mis- I misunderstood you. Know. Okay, I, I, don't, I, I don't actually agree with that at all because it not that it it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot, but. Why couldn't a film be the best foreign film and the best film? Uh, that's fair. You know, and, and it's like it, that, it, that's it, a the best animated point. film might be the best film as well. You know, why lock and it out of one category? this is not like a nail down position. It's not like I firmly believe this. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. And it, it, <laughs> Maybe at least it, with this film too. You know? it, it definitely with this film. It, it's, I don't have this full position fully worked out, but it strikes me on some level as unfair in some way. And I can't articulate that. As much as I would like to, as well as I would like well, to. Well, this is the Michael Moore thing, where it's you can't have best documentary and best picture. Well, but, but couldn't couldn't you? But, know? I mean, Trey well, makes a may good I point. point out? May I point out? Those are two different groups of people who made those nominations. It's not like they said, "Are you nominating it for best?" Oh, because we're nominating it. Right. You know, it's like the animators, hmm. the people who voted for animators, thought that's one of the top five, and the people who voted for best picture, whoever they, those Fair people enough. are. And th- okay, in theory, yeah, I could see that. Actually, but, actually, but you know in, what? I, but we, know those, we know who those people not are. Actually, this. we know who those people are. You know how it works? Is um, everybody gets to nominate best picture? No matter yeah. what branch yeah. you're in, they just yeah. you know, and it's it's a preparatory it's a preparatory thing. It's like you know, whatever got the most votes is in, whatever got the second amount of votes is in, and now it's uh, just ten instead of five. A, a regular background editor or a background actor on Grey's Anatomy gets to vote for Best Picture. Yeah, you know what I mean. And again, that's where that's why you have again sometimes these agree just like you know. How did that get to you? Know, I know that was popular, but really, best picture? And it's because, well, everyone liked it, you know, and then they, they all voted for it. We know, got so. four more to address, and this yeah, is a movie yeah. we already talked about. Right. Real quick, Brian yeah. up? No, seriously, we got to be fair. Brian and Eddie weren't there, we'll so I want to know. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, more or less, I agree with you guys. I mean, the part where I, what, what's kind of baffling about it is like the first half an hour is so strong, it's such great Pixar, and then the back half is like another studio made it. And when you have the talking dogs flying planes, I was a little <laughs> like, what? Are we jumping sharks? I'm a little concerned. But of course, like you just said, like you know, a bad Pixar day is anyway. Even their retarded plane dogs are still so cute and endearing. Mm-hmm. Eddie, up. Uh, like everyone else at this table, the first ten minutes shattered my heart into a million fucking pieces. And it, it, as an extra layer of someone who's married, like, and I saw this a little bit after my first anniversary. Mm. It kind of fucking killed me. Like it was like it literally made me think about mortality and like watching my wife die and like all these horrible thoughts in your head. And it's like fuck, you guys are on point. The rest of the movie, you know, honestly, the 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 dogs flying planes, while awesome, didn't really bother me that much. The thing that bothered me most about that movie was the relationship with uh, with Russell because I didn't mm. feel like, in a weird way, Karate Kid gets it really he, he well. Was, he done. was boning that kid, you know it. Oh, totally, yeah, to- <laughs> diddling the, the holy hell out of him. No, I think what Karate Kid does really well, and this is something I hope we do in the future, you get a really good sense of a fatherless son and a sonless father who find each other and realize, hey, we fit together. Uh, we we work together well. There was nothing about the relationship between Carl and, um, and, and Russell. Russell in that movie that it's like, it's just pure convenience. It's like, mm. well, what is it about each other that you guys see in each other that you need other than the movie needs you to do that? The movie needs you to make a relationship and, and rediscover your through this other person other than the fact that that's what we're promised 
I, I, I didn't, I, that bugged me more than than flying, you know, fighter pilot dogs. Right. All right. What's That's the what's the, what's the next movie on the list? Then? Next one is up in the air. Never saw that one. Uh, anyone who who saw? I have not seen it. Okay, so Brian saw it and I saw it. And Trey, right? No. Oh no. All right. How did you feel about that one? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, George Clooney is is very charming as always. Um, and in fact, the part was rewritten for him. It was supposed to be someone else, and it was going to be much more uh, schlubby and kind of a darker movie and stuff like that. And then, oh no! If Clooney had turned it down, it would have been rewritten for someone else, and 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 it would have changed the character. Um, I can't remember who it is. It was on IMDb, so check it out. Ruth Buzzy. Um, <laughs> But um, I really liked Macaulay it. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I really liked it. I think it's uh, it's worth watching without. Um, but but I'm a little. It, it's it's interesting because it's it's kind of bittersweet. Like you think it's it's fun and and romantic and stuff like that. But but it takes some turns and and I know a few people um, who were like, oh, I kind of saw that coming because it's the only place you can go. And I'm like, no, no, the place you can go is where. It all kind of works out. Like there's already been bumps in the road, and that's all covered. But then, um, uh, you know, there's – it's like things can either work out or not work out. Um, and they made the really ballsy choice that they don't work out. And, and so he uh, – so um, I think it's worth worth a watch. Um, I, I definitely do. I enjoyed that one in particular. Brian, you saw it. Yeah. What did uh, you think? Chad and I saw it actually. I, I love it. I like Jason Reitman a lot. I think he's probably one of the best directors out there right now, at least on a technical level in terms of the technical craft of telling a story. Um, I don't know if he's as deep or as vulnerable as – like say Lee Davis can be with Precious Daniels, mate. Lee Daniels, excuse me. Um, but technically, in terms of the craft of telling a story, he's probably the best out there right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is only his what third movie? I think so. And he's gonna know. Thank you for smoking. Up in the air. Up in the air. So he's gonna be around for a long time, and he's gonna be up. I think in this group, many, many more times. Yeah. Oh, the one thing I, I will say, um, having seen it with a a very. Um, uh, engaged audience, you know they. These are people. They're there who to are, see the movies. They're to see these movies. Um, up in the air, out of all of them, was the one that got the most audience response. Um, they were they were really engaged. They there were moments where they were just la- like there's there's a moment in there where Clooney has a line wh- where he just kind of slams the 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 girl, his assistant. Um, qu- quietly, like he's he's saying something only they understand, so it sounds like just an offhand remark, but it's actually really mean if you if you understand the context of it. And and we lost like six lines because everyone was laughing so hard because it was so perfect. So um, in 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 those terms, it was a very engaging film and the most engaging of all of them. Interesting. Okay, what's next on the list? Uh, Hurt Locker. Ooh. Oh right. Now, yes. by the way, yes, we're gonna do that. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. We're going to have Eddie there. We're going to have our, our buddy Matt there, who was another Army guy. It's going to be awesome. Um, had you seen it before? No. This was actually the first time seeing it. Because right. I was going to see it, and then I was like, well, I'm going to see it on the big screen now. I, you know, I missed it on the big screen. Then I'm like, oh, it's out. Oh, now it's nominated, so I'm going to see it, and I'll just wait. Um, and then I had a hangover. Um, <laughs> um, I, I like the movie. Were you, were you, were you overhyped? Maybe a little bit. Well, it's funny because it's not the kind of there. There are movies where I get overhyped, and they're like uh, *Pan's Labyrinth*. I was like, I hate this movie, and I think, <laughs> I think I would have just. I, I want to give you all the benefit. I, I, think I, I and Ryan rolled our eyes, and Dorkman's about to say that he doesn't like it. So yeah, <laughs> there's like it's like a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes, and we're all just like, Fuck I, well, that's this the movie. thing. I was like, I I, I see. 
um, a movie like that, and it's like, I think I would have just disliked it if the whole world hadn't told me how great it was. Yeah. yeah. But now I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of movie. So, so um, the Hurt Locker, the Hurt Locker wasn't, it wasn't overhyped in that sense. Like, I, I like it. Um, it's, it's, I'm not sure if I hadn't been hyped, I'm not sure if I would love it. So it wasn't Pan's Locker. No, exactly. It wasn't that bad. I, but I mean, I, I can't fault it for too much. I, I can appreciate, um, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, it shows kind of the reality of the situation. I I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. That's just Uh, what I hear. I'll, I'll I'll take my Oh, sure. You'll do them. But, um, um, what, what bothered me most about it was that, uh, towards the very end, it decided it wanted to be about something. You know, and the, good, the whole very thing, good point. The the whole thing in it was kind of almost the pointlessness of it, and just this is how it is, and isn't it fucked up? And then towards the very end, they took what I thought was a supporting character, and were like, "No, no, this is about this is his movie about his journey." And I'm like, "What? When did that? Why? Why are we watching him shopping in the supermarket now that he's home and he can't adjust?" I'm like, "Oh, it's fine if you want to make that kind of the thing, but that hasn't really been the thing." Um, up until this last bit. So, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. What would you have done to change that to make that work? Spoiler if you were making alert that for her locker. Yeah. yeah. By the way, sorry. He goes shopping. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm> not, <laughs> no, no, not not retroactively. I'm just saying to answer his question. Right. What would you have done differently? You'll have to answer in a in a spoilery way. So, yeah, If you haven't yeah. seen it, do see it. And, and I'm not skip and the not, next minute. Yeah. With um and and with. With Matt and Eddie on the on the uh, commentary, I probably won't even uh, no, yeah, be mean, there. Um, so so I'll just just get my bit out now, I no. suppose. Um, I would probably, if that's the direction that you want to go, throw in a couple more moments. Like there's one moment where he calls his wife, right? He calls her and then doesn't really have anything to say, so he hangs up. Uh, I think the way to to handle the ending that they wanted um, was would be to to kind of alter that a little bit um, because that's tipping the hand, I think. I think it should have been the kind of thing where he doesn't really care about anything in in Iraq. He he wants he, or he thinks he wants to get back to his wife and kid and he's just kind of, you know, talking about it. He's like, he does his job and he's into it and stuff like that, but man, I really just want to see my family again and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets there and realizes that's not what he wants at all. You know, um, I think you can't you don't necessarily because that's the so point. What you're, what you're saying is that the movie right now says he doesn't care and then he goes home and he still doesn't care. Yeah. So so or, or he's not not necessarily that he doesn't care, but just he doesn't feel like he belongs there. That's not that's not what does it for him. You know, kind of um, that's that's not his life. That's that's the in between bits, you know, um, which, again, is fine. But but if you want to create a story and create an arc, then you want to give him somewhere where he discovers that because I don't think there's any process of discovery. It's just kind of there the whole time. And then and then the guy who seems like the main character. Um, the black guy? The black guy. Because we're with him. He loses his partner. He gets a new partner. He would seem like the main character, and he actually has an arc because at one point when they're really drunk, he's like, "Nah, I'm not ready to have a kid," and blah blah blah. And at the very end, he's and, crying. And, and so, also, like, do you think I'm do you think I'm ready to wear the suit? That's yeah, like, that's a, a deeper layer for him. Yeah, exactly. And and he starts at the end, he's crying. He's like, "I don't want this. I want a kid. I want to go home." And the the whole thing. Um, and that's if I'm not mistaken, the last time we see him, we don't we don't get any kind of kind of follow up on him. And if you're gonna take them home after their tour, you see this guy 
who who was you know into it and into the camaraderie and stuff like that decide he wants to step back and settle down and do the whole thing and you see this other guy who's been wanting to go home this whole time and he gets home and he he just wants to go back you know um so i think that's that's the one main criticism i have of hurt locker or the other way to do it is just uh you know just like full metal jacket just fade out mid scene at some point you know and it's like it's just that's just how it is. It's war, know? man. Yeah, exactly. But war but, is pointless. That's all there is to it. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. but it's midway between. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah, quite yeah. work yeah, for me. Right. right on. Raise your hand real quick. Anyone who's seen this? So everyone, okay, again, everyone with Trey at the table. Uh, even though Trey had seen up, uh, I, I liked her <laughs> locker a lot. Although I felt there was a major diversion when they went into the city to that that whole thing where there was yeah. a bomb. We're gonna go into the city in the next fifteen minutes. For me, were. I'm not even spoiling it. It doesn't have any relevance to the plot. Therefore, it doesn't matter. Therefore, my point is corroborated by the film itself. I, I loved the movie. I thought it was really interesting. And I saw it in its first week of wide release. And for Hurt Locker, wide release is the Arclight and a, and a place in New York. <laughs> the Lemley. Uh, I, I saw the Hurt Locker and I was I didn't I, – I had absolutely – people say this, literally. I didn't even know what it was. And it scared me. It gave me a heart attack. I'm just sitting there in pain the whole time like, he's going to die. <laughs> like something's going to happen. And the movie plays out the way it plays out. However, at the time, I was just spending the entire time in utter tension. I liked The Hurt Locker aside from that one diversion that I thought was unnecessary. And it's a little indulgent in places. Brian? Uh, no, you're talking about when they go into the city to find the kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the, I'm, that's my exact feeling as well. It's like it's it is this one movie, and it's this very very compelling situation of these guys who have to defuse bombs and, and deal with that. And it's a very simple, incredibly tense situation. And then it just it, it turns into the, a, a Bourne, a Jason Bourne movie for like twenty minutes when they go when he tries to figure out what happened to this kid. Yeah, that's another thing uh, about the whole thing uh, about his character, and I, I guess you can give the movie credit, but it's like suddenly he cares. Yeah, and then he doesn't, you know, <laughs> and then he cares again, and then he stops caring again, and then right. and then he stops, and that's the end, and he's walking off into the sunset. <laughs> so generally, you liked it? Uh, well, I liked pieces of it, I, and I liked more pieces of it than pieces I didn't like. If that right makes on. sense, yeah, sure. Um, the the actual you know the scenario that is on the poster yes is amazing it's amazing it's when it's when the movie as movies often do they go well shit we can't actually fill two hours with just that so we need to do something <laughs> your else. your problem with her locker is my problem with Inglorious Bastards <laughs> yeah probably I haven't seen Inglorious Bastards but it sounds like it it's like well sh- shit we can't this really novel compelling real situation we can't actually fill two hours with so we'll slap in a little bit of you know Jason Bourne in there for twenty minutes just to fill the running time. It's like no, screw it. Have a have a seventy minute movie. Fuck it. Who cares? You know, if they had done that, I would. It would be a much much better movie than it is, and it's still a fantastic movie. Anyway, this is really ex- interesting. I'm getting the full down in front experience here condensed into five minutes because, um, like yeah, like Teague, yeah, I yeah, actually like went. Minis, yeah. I, I says went, the guy who volunteered listened to ninety eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, I went with Teague actually to the same screening we all went with Chad, and um, I, I similarly had no idea what the movie was about, literally, and that was really exciting. I'm like, cool, like because I could tell just from what this movie was, this is going to be an Oscar nominated at least movie, and um, so I went in and just I was so sort of wrapped up in like what's happening and what this movie is, and it's it's incredibly engaging. It's like yeah, it was absolutely. it was amazingly effective, you know, and so. On, on that level, I was just experiencing the whole movie, and, and then it ended. I was like, "Wow, that was a hell of a thing!" 
And then I didn't think about it too much. And so now, as you guys are going through this, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, fuck, shit. Okay. So if, I'm sure if I saw it again, it would be less forgiving. But I, I recall it being sort of strong in, in, in the experience of it. And, and a lot of the performances, I think, were pretty good as well. I also didn't went in not knowing anything about it. I somehow managed, through, throughout all the people who were talking about how great it was and stuff like that, I'm, they didn't get into specifics or anything. So I'm like, I know it's about the Iraq War. And I know it's supposed to be really good, and that's all I know. And I was actually very excited about the fact that that's all I knew about it. Our, our last guy at the table is Eddie, and we're going to bring Eddie in for the Hurt Locker commentary, which we don't have a schedule. It's not recorded, but we're going to do it, trust me. Uh, and Eddie was almost EOD in the Army. Ammunition I, I really look yeah. forward, I really look forward yeah. to your commentary, but, and, and just in terms of summarizing, we'll, right. we'll, we, we have two hours on this right, later. Yeah, yeah. In terms of summarizing, how did you feel with the Hurt Locker? It's, it's, it's tough because I'm still sort of articulating my feelings about it for, for a few reasons. Uh, to answer your thing, I was an ammunition specialist, and EOD have to do a baseline of ammunition specialist training before they do their EOD school down in Florida. Um, and before, it's funny you talk about hype because I heard on a cinematic level, "Lo, Catherine Bigelow's got a new movie coming out and it's, 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 it's an Iraq war movie and it's apolitical. And then I had another layer of hype before the movie ever came out from my old EOD buddies, from people over in Redstone Arsenal in Alabama who were like, holy crap, they're making a movie about EOD and ordinance corps. And, uh, so I was like, oh shit. So I didn't see it in theaters. And then I remember the day you, IM'd me about it, Teague. And you're like, and you're like, holy crap! You have to see it. I'm like, yes, I, I know I do. I, I watched it again last night. I'm still articulating my feelings about it. I have a cousin in Iraq right now who's a, a chemical weapons specialist. So it's, I will say that there are some things that the movie does so incredibly accurately. Uh, it's astonishing, and you can tell the screenwriter was embedded for a while. He definitely got some some things of that completely note perfect. And then there's some things that are just complete what the fucks. That doesn't bother me so much. Uh, I I remember after watching it, I remember like sitting forward watching it, just sort of like tense and just really wrapped up. And Catherine Bigelow directed. You only need the edge of your seat. Seriously, <laughs> Catherine Bigelow directed the hell out of that thing from a, a perspective of tone and pacing and suspense and all this other stuff. I felt like at the end of it, it's like, wow, um, I'm really glad I saw that. Now I just, just don't. Uh, I just don't know why. Uh. We should just point out for our listeners, EOD stands for Explosive, Explosive Ordnance Disposal. And, and the, the role – and what's interesting about Iraq is that the role has really changed because before EOD, when I was in 96, EOD was all about, oh, crap, an enemy mortar hit the ground, It's but it's a dud. It's unexploded. We have to safely dispose of it or – uh, oh shit! There's you know our our ammunition point is about to be overrun. We've got all this small arms ammunition we have to safely dispose of so the enemy can't use it against us. And with the advent of the Iraq War, it became this whole other thing of roadside bombs, IEDs, uh, vehicle IEDs, body IEDs. Which it, you know, uh, spoiler alert, that is one of the scene. most arresting scenes I've seen in anything all year. And, the, and balls the, the, for the, playing that scene the way they did exactly. And and the movie and that's a good that's a good phrase. That movie has balls yeah. to do a lot Catherine of what it has more balls than James than Cameron. Cameron. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. She Let, got yeah. them in the divorce. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gail and her didn't, didn't yeah. have that in her, in well, her divorce. Contract. You know, that's having not seen the Hurt Locker. I, I'm more aware of the, the Uber story of the Hurt Locker myself. And it's fascinating by me. It's like, okay, meta, you're, yeah. you're Jim Cameron. You know, it's like you've just spent 10 years of your damn life. $500 million dreaming up this incredible thing and then you know it's like okay and then the Oscar nominations right. come out and your ex-wife ties well, you with, with her and, guys and, in the desert big movie ups, big ups to Jim Cameron because on Charlie Rose he said look my ideal situation 
He's like, because I have a wonderful team that worked very hard on Avatar. He's like, my ideal situation is that Catherine wins for Best Director because she absolutely deserves it. Because she they're, like, they're actually, they're not They're like really good they're, friends. They're, yeah. they're, they're, no, uh, they're amicably parted. And, and he said, and then I yeah. win Best Picture because not for me, but for my team. But isn't right. that, I mean, pic- kind of picture that, I mean, picture like that being your life. Like, mm-hmm. you're Jim Cameron and even your ex-wife is, hey, we're both nominated for right. 10 Oscars. Hell of a year. So, See you at the party. Supposedly, it, it, it really is Greek drama. The, the, really is. Uh, according to the story, he actually talked her into making the hurt. Yeah, oh, and, and yeah, he saw yeah, early yeah. cuts of it, and she saw early cuts of Avatar. She visited the set, all this other stuff. Yeah. She, not, not, he was the Kevin Smith to right. their Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, I I liked it. Do I? I mean, this is going to sound very strange, but I think as far as like a cinematic achievement it goes, I, I would say a lot of the movies on that list are probably bigger. It, the movie affected me personally in a few ways. I've still got to articulate some of my feelings, but if we're talking pure cinema, we're, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, it's we're, we're going to do thing. essays of this. I'm no, sure. Yeah, kind of curious. Yeah. So I want to wrap oh, it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, but in, in a yes or no, I, and I, I, like I, I limit you to yes or no. I like. Would it, you yeah. say the Hurt Locker was easy? Would you say that was an easy version of the Hurt Locker? No. No? no. Okay. It's, so okay. So it's not it's, an easy. It's, thing it's to not make. that simple. Okay. Good. It's definitely not an easy thing to make. And like I said, the balance that they struck in some of those scenes was so spot on. And it's funny you mentioned the supermarket thing because that was one of my favorite things mm-hmm. in the movie. Because well, I love the idea. It's just contextually, not well, yeah. Could, yeah. Well, it's just the idea of like uh, it's, he's pushing the cart and he's like, I have to get all this because sh- when you pick, pick your cereal. Well, no, it's like yeah. it's like you come home and it's like everything's just duller. Everything's just like less color. And if you look at it, everything's sort of desatted in those scenes. Which is inter- which is interesting because and I did actually notice. Yeah. That. I, but uh, I noticed the fact that even though there was so much more color around him, it was less saturated than yeah. when he was in just the desert with the, the you know, sand and all that. And yeah. Evangeline Lilly, in a very good – she doesn't get a lot, but she works it well. Even she's sub- subdued, his wife. And she's so you know, hot too. She's crazy hot. Oh, but she, like, she plays just something very subdued and like that's – th- and, and uh, you hear that a lot from people who come back home. They come back home and they're just like – Everything's just sort of like, and they, the the whole conceit of war being a drug, which is sort of the, the if you're going to pin a central theme on it, that is, uh-huh. the whole conceit of war as a drug. I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, and and Mike made really good points about which character you follow, but like I, I think there's like four different stories kind of going on there at mm-hmm. any given time, and three of them are in the same character, and you never really know which one's happening, and you never really know which one you're going to track. But I really, I really loved it. So, all right, what's next? Uh, an education. Anyone else see that? Nope. I don't even know what that is, which is sort of funny because it's called an education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's one of those things where it's like your real education's not the one you get in school, you know. And it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it was the yeah it was the well it, you know it, it used to be like there was a very clear kind of set of movies that will get nominated for the Oscar. There was the World War Two movie, and then there was the the uh, token indie, and then there was the you know. Uh, 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 guy with an affliction. Yeah, guy with an affliction, and then and then grown up seduces a, an underage person. Um, so those were, those were the days. In oh, education, man. the Oscars meant something in those days. <laughs> Ninety nine ruled. And education is the grown-up seduces. Un- Although she's not underage, she's of age in in uh, the UK because their age of consent is sixteen. Like two, so yeah. she's so she she is of age. So people take. Do you the realize what you just did just now? What? No, she's of age. She's sixteen. In the UK, I think. Well, according I think, to their I think, movie, I think the point is as a human. No, according to and their in movie. parts of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, but um, and Florida. I'm not going to expose, but I know for a fact that it's okay. I thought I checked. I'm good. I thought. Uh, uh, I thought Gross. that an education. It's a. It's an actually a British film. It was produced uh, by BBC Films. So it was probably uh, direct to TV. No wonder I haven't heard of it. But um, 
Um, I liked it in terms of the characters are very engaging. It's a very entertaining movie. They say and do um, very entertaining things. They're witty. And, and uh, my, my only problem with it was um, – I mean I've basically already spoiled it and no one knew it existed anyway. So it's not <laughs> like you're going to watch it. But um, she falls – she's seduced uh, by this, this older man who is very charming and very – you know. Um, but then That's Colin Firth, right? Uh, n- no, no, Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Um, and he uh, turns out he even proposes to her. They're going to be married, and it's not it, again because she's she's above the age of consent. It's not this clandestine thing like her parents have met him and and they approve of it and all that. And then find out he's actually already married. Not only is he already married, but he's done this more than once. Um, a, a, but meanwhile, she's given up her her. They future. made a movie about my game. <laughs> Me. He's he's given she's given up her future. She was gonna studying to go to Oxford and the whole thing, and but she dropped out of school and did the whole thing, and she missed her exams and blah blah blah. And it's like, you know, my life has been ruined because of this boy, but I'm gonna pick myself up by my bootstraps and blah blah blah. And the bootstraps bit is the last five minutes of the movie where she's like, <laughs> where where it's like, damn it, my life is fucked. Montage of studying. I got into Oxford. Go me. <laughs> like that's literally how the movie ends. Gonna and I was get like, a montage. yeah. I was like, that's a bit convenient. <laughs> like I don't feel like any lesson has been learned by this character or the audience watching her. You know. Um, it's so like Precious became an Olympic athlete. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> She's a champion discus thrower. Yeah. That was. That's basically. Happy ending. Good night, everybody. Yeah, free frame. She gets she gets to um, the the, title. the main character got to throw away everything and still get everything she wanted at the end right. without a lot of effort, and that was the main problem that I had with it. But I did enjoy the experience of watching the movie. So an education, an education is worth checking out, but the ending is kind of oh, and then there's a narration right at the end, like not anywhere else, but it's like oh yeah, and then I I went to Oxford and pretended that never happened. It's how like many, how many more on our list? We have one. District 9. And di- I no, never forgot we, Leo no, we skipped District Nine because we already did a thing. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. the, there's only one left. A serious man. Anyone else see a serious Ooh, man? No. Nope. No. Oh, fuck! Excellently played. Cohen I don't think brothers. any of us saw a serious man, and apparently Michael Dorkman Scott has an opinion. Right. Well, let's, I, let's go. Well, I called the Blind Side dog shit. This one is horse shit. <laughs> um, I this think. is the Cohen Brothers. Isn't it's it? the Cohen Brothers, yeah. who I'm discovering. I'm. I don't think I like uh, <laughs> lately. Um. Because I hated No Country for Old Man as okay. well, um, and did you like Oh Brother? I loved Oh Brother. See, I, lo- I, I like that one. I loved and Brother. I, liked Fargo. I like I Fargo. Couldn't stand Lebowski. I couldn't. Big I Le- that. Wow, that's like a death sentence in half the country. Yeah, Big Lebowski. Yeah, Big that's, Lebowski. That's I'm, I'm I'm about. I'm tepid on. Like I don't love right. it. I don't hate it. I'm like I can take it or leave it. Um, and then Burn After Reading. Um, I kind of dug that. It was fun. It, it was, was it was fun, fun yeah. and I liked the moments that they chose to go the other way that yeah. most people would. Like what happens when to Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. That, so, so you came to th- 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 because of that. Basically, I was like, I think I love this movie because I, they shot Brad Pitt in the face. Spoilers. I love. I love. Uh, I, love, <laughs> I, love, I, love Clo- I love Clooney huffily leaving his mistress's house yeah. with the fucking sex pillow in his yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. That right. just all right. So, all right. You, but, so you came to a serious man being like, Cohen Brothers. Mm, okay, we'll see. Well, I I actually came to a serious. Ser- serious man was the second film. So I came a little late because I slept through up and then I was like, oh, better get there. And, of course, there's traffic and, and everything standing in the way of getting there on time. Um, Which was a whole short film in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then – but I came in like 10 or 15 minutes in 
um, and I I turned to um, Brian, my roommate, who was there already, you know, saving my spot or whatever, because he hadn't seen. I I don't know if he'd seen up, but he wanted to see all all of them, right? So he was already there, and I was like, "What's going?" So what have I missed? Like summary. He's like, "I can't even summarize it for you. This movie is all over the place. <laughs> I don't know what's happening." Um, and yeah, it was. There are moments in the movie that are very that that are like the bits in in Burn After Reading right. and Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Fargo, where it's just these little quirky character moments where you're like, "That's awesome." And, uh, you know, uh, there's there's a scene where um, it's about this Jewish family, mainly the, the father, but, like, uh, his son, part of the story is there, he is building up to his bar mitzvah, and, when he, and he's practicing the whole time and stuff. And then when uh, the bar mitzvah comes, he gets stoned out of his head. And the way they shoot the stoned bar mitzvah and just, just – that it's fantastic. Like that's the best scene in the movie. And I, I discovered afterwards looking at the trivia that was – they wanted to make that scene and they just built a movie around it. <laughs> um, which which I think you can see a lot in, in the Coen Brothers Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, so there are moments that are good. But they wanted to have John Turturro lick a bowling ball. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> overall it's – you. A serious man ends, and I'm like, that was a waste of however long that was, two hours. That was literally a waste of time. So you get to horse shit. Huh? That's a that's a long way from waste of time. Well, Did it just aggravate you the whole time? Yes. It was so aggravating because th- it's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what is this? And then it, and then there's a tornado at the end, and it's like, what the fuck? And and again, it's a it's the kind of thing. It's a Pan's Labyrinth thing where it's like, I would pr- probably have just come out with waste of time if it weren't for the fact that this one is nominated for best picture, and the previous one that I also thought was a waste of time was not only nominated but fucking won it. So I I'm I, I'm, I'm done with them. I think. Okay. <laughs> I th- now. Oh, I'm sorry. Go well, on, Brian. I think the thing I've heard that the Coen brothers work the way they work is they have, you know, a pile of ideas, and if they ever hit writer's block in the process of writing one of their scripts, they just switch mm. and they go back and forth from whatever, huh. and they do that. And I, I buy it. I, I, I actually that's that's they were blocked on uh, on um, uh, the, um, the the. the no, it was before that. The um, on Lebowski. No, no, no. Before that, the the movie, the Barton Fink. They were blocked oh, on oh, Barton. Oh, Barton Fink, they were blocked yeah. on Barton Fink, and the, so they wrote the the the. It was the one uh, the with the big clock and Paul Newman and and the stockbrokers uh, and the Hudsucker Proxy. Hudsucker Proxy was basically Which their is, their time like off from Barton Fink. It was and, like uh, screw it. Man. Well, yeah, <laughs> but the problem proxy. is now they they make them the same movie and just cut back and forth like there's a connection and there's not. Yeah. Okay. I. I I think the problem with the Coen brothers is they're very hit and miss because sometimes they make the movie they do want to make and other times they make the scene they want to make right. and they just build a whole movie out of it because they happen to have writer's block on the movie they really right. want to make. And for a lot of their movies, there's it's like you say, like why did I spend two hours watching this? Yeah. There's, there is no reason. And there's no they, answer. There's right. no reason they made that movie, so there's no reason for us to watch it. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. That's and, my feeling. And the one that we all sort of agree that we really like, Oh Brother Arthur, has a pre-existing structure yep. that based on the Iliad. And Fargo. Yeah. yeah. I, I Fargo. really love Fargo as well. That's a single, pretty focused narrative. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Lebowski. Uh, I, I do Lebowski. I enjoy I Lebowski, Lebowski a lot. And I, I actually, uh, with their breakout film, of course, which maybe you haven't caught up with, is, of course, Blood Simple. Blood Simple, yeah. Which is, uh, was kind of shockingly weird and offbeat at the time. Like, it's what got them attention. Like, it's wow. a dope movie. It's a really cool movie. It's a really interesting movie. Yeah. All right. Now, obviously, it's not like this is going to come out and then the next day is the Oscars, so you have a day to listen to this and hear it. This is literally going to come out after the Oscars. If you, mm-hmm. ba- if you download this the second it's online... 
it's over. So this <laughs> is completely useless, but just out of curiosity, what's what's your wager for best picture? I'm going to go with her locker, Trey. I the question is 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 it going to be Avatar or is it going to be something else? Yeah, that's I think well, that's the that's I, the vote. I, I almost feel like Avatar is looking at a possible backlash. I think I don't I don't think Avatar is going to get Best Picture. Yeah, I think they already sort of you know yeah. it's it because it when the final voting comes in on the on the Oscars, politics starts mm-hmm. to come in on yeah, it. and and everyone you know everyone's pretty much aware of this. People are aware of this is. Um, Often people will win the Oscar the year after they should have won the Oscar because people go, oh, that was actually we should have we should have given it to to Al Pacino for those forty other roles instead of that kind of lukewarm scent of a woman. But we have to give him for something, and he's nominatable this year. So you know, it's like scent of a woman. Who remembers that movie or what Al Pacino did in it? He was you know, he was he got that award for twenty years of of great acting, and that was the year he happened to get an Oscar. Jack Palance. Yeah. So um, so I think I think they you know the the Academy has already showered, uh, given the golden shower, you sort of speak, <laughs> to uh, Jim Cameron already, notoriously, famously, no one has forgotten that, you know, tit- you know Titanic, we still remember that he made Titanic exactly. in one. And, yeah. and Avatar was kind of like, okay, that was, you know, we'll give you the visual effects Oscar, we'll give you the blah, blah. I don't see Avatar getting the, the best picture. Um, so of the list, of course, and I'm going totally on politics because I've seen so few of these movies, I th- I'm thinking Hurt Locker. I'm going to go politics. I'm going to say Hurt Locker takes it. Brian? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have to agree uh, because ultimately, All right. ultimately after a certain point politics plays more of a factor in it than has, actual Has poly. a woman won best director? Oh, lost no, in translation. Very rarely. No, she, she didn't, will this she year. She didn't win. She didn't win. <laughs> she won, she, won, she did Sophia did not win. Oh, okay. So I think Hurt Locker is going to take best picture. Uh, and yeah, I think Catherine Bigelow will take best director. We'll come back well. to Dorkman cuz you you're, you're going to have like the the thing. Uh, Ryan, do you have an opinion? <laughs> well, you, 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 you saw them. I am. You well, I just all. talked about them all, though. So, so anyway, Ryan, but we'll skip me. Uh, what okay, would you think? We'll go out of order. Uh, Hurt Locker for Best Picture and uh, Director is my guess. Wow, Eddie, I'm gonna be a little contrary. I'm gonna say Catherine Bigelow for Best Director, but I'm gonna say Avatar for Best Picture. I think. Right. I think at the end of the day, you're gonna have enough of those background actors voting on the movie that mm. made them feel better. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I had friends who were working actors in small roles, and half their DVD shelf was for your consideration screeners. So I think there's more of those people than you realize. Right on, right, Dorkman. Best, um, p- best picture, best director. Well, I do. I do have one thing to say in terms of politics because uh, famously the uh, or now infamously, but uh, uh, one of the uh, producers the email. Yeah, the I was email. Say we're going to talk about the email. Yeah. The, the hurt, locker hurt locker producer, backlash. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, went out there and basically said, "Fuck Avatar." Am I right? Who's with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turns it turns out nobody. Yeah, and so he got in. Big trouble and could have gotten the movie disqualified huh. uh, potentially. Yeah. The, but the, I have not the, heard about. Well, it. The, the issue is the issue is that um, it's okay to send out emails and go, "Hey, you should vote for us." Um, he crossed the line by saying, "You should vote for the the indie and the blah." Instead of the five hundred million dollar movie, yeah. And it's like technically you can't you can't run down another movie. film yeah. when you're trying to promote your own. Yeah. So um, spite votes. Yeah, it's up. Uh, yeah. It's it's okay. It's not up in the air. Uh, that's not my guess because <laughs> there's a movie called that, but it is up in the air between Avatar and Hurt Locker, I think, in terms of politics, because there could be a backlash either way. I think. Um, and I would, and they're loving the drama. Yeah, I would love to see a precious upset because I think that's the best one on the list. But out of the ones um, I've seen, yeah, it's one. It's it's between those two. Well, one of the things that and and William Goldman always famously writes uh, used to write analyses of of the and he always says William Goldman has always adamantly and this will never happen but he always says we should know the voting 
Uh-huh. He said, because it's a total secret. They never reveal, like, you right. know, how close it was. Like, you know, maybe last year, maybe No Country for Old Men won by one vote. Right. You know, right. for all we know. We'll never know. They don't reveal that. He says, show us the votes. We want to know the votes. Right. Um, so one of, the things that, one of the things that may be very interesting about having 10 nominees is the chance of votes getting split. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and yeah. something really shockingly mm. uh-huh. getting, you know, That's Precious might too. be the one. You know, it's like the, the Hurt Locker Avatar might knock themselves out of the ring right. together. And suddenly Precious is uh-huh. the winner. You know, well, it's quite possible. It's not just a vote for your favorite. The scoring system is you have to put them in order. Yeah. And so you open yourself up to even, an even oh, yeah. well, deeper question. That, that was another thing from the, from the Hurt Locker thing because he got reprimanded for the first email and then didn't get it. So he sent out another one really? saying – So he sent out another one saying not only don't vote for Avatar but put it as number 10. Whatever Shit, else, dude. whatever else you vote for, don't even you don't have to vote for us. Wow. But make sure you put Avatar last. What a total dick! Yeah, uh, yeah. You got so put, he doesn't get to go to the ceremony. I'll bet you, Catherine Bigelow doesn't like him. Oh, she's <laughs> everyone is so He's pissed. A <laughs> if everybody puts Precious as number three, then yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. You open yourself up to the the best picture being the the median of like mediocrity. Like you you open them up to being like. Uh, yeah, the third play, the third best movie actually won Best Picture because the votes were so split between well, the top the, two. Well, people who defend the preferential ballot, and they, they explain it every year at the Bake Off, why they do it that way, say that actually statistically it yields the, the truest result. Right. Um, well, because you, like have, to, you have to be like, understand the higher math of it, of the why a preference, as opposed to just a, a just any three. Well, well, like he says, if it's like, if everyone puts something at number three, yeah. But they can't decide they can't on decide one on two, two and it's all it. over the place. It's kind of like, well, that's something the, consistent. There, the one at number three is the yeah. is the one that, for, yeah. has, the, that has the most line. response. Yeah. All right. So we've just talked about hopefully next year there's five and not <laughs> ten. <laughs> Sorry about that. Bless you, listeners. Jeez. We, we, thought, we thought this was going to be a shorter episode. Yeah. Sorry, sorry uh, folks. Did we get a consensus? Okay, because we're, we're going to say it here and to people who have already who already know the answer. So Hurt, the, Hurt the, Locker, room, the room says Hurt Locker. Basically. Unless it pressures basically. Upset. Yeah, it's probably. It's by aggregate. I'm saying it by Avatar, but we'll see. Right. Yeah, aggre- the aggregate is Hurt Locker at this point. The preferential yeah. vote in the room is, right. yeah. is uh, Hurt Locker. Um, or Avatar, possibly, but Precious may be upset. That's our. Yeah. What's funny is, terminal, terminologically speaking, I would not be upset by Precious. I would be upset by Avatar. Mm. Now I know that's that's taking the second, the first definition for where that's being used for its second definition. I would be upset if Avatar wins Best Picture because. I you would mean, actually. Well, that's be a not a great. Movie. Yeah, I would. I that's would. not a great movie. Yeah. That's a great achievement, but it's not a great movie. Yeah, I got to go with it too. And I love Jim Cameron, and I enjoyed Avatar tremendously. But I, I, to contrast it to one of the few things you can contrast it to, um, I was over the moon when Return of the King won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. You know, yeah. I said, abs- yes, finally some recognition that you know you can make a movie like well, that and be Best Picture yes. nominated. And, and that's another one though that was that was. This is not just for Return of the King. This yeah, is for exactly. Those other two. Yeah. So, you know, the Two Towers was kind of ignored. It's like you'll be back next year, and we're going to give you everything yeah, you ever right. wanted. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't like the idea of Avatar. I wouldn't give it best picture. I think it's a great picture. I think it did everything it meant to do. Best picture for the Oscars. I don't see it. Yep. Anyway, so we've talked about everything. We've talked about this first year of Down <laughs> yeah. in Front, literally, and, and our style. We spent, we spent in real time. It. We spent the whole we're, another we're, year. We are north. We are north of two hours and fifteen minutes. Wow! wow. We did a great job. Uh, but that's still I, that's still about commensurate yeah. with them. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's about that's about right. This yeah. is this is an on par episode of Down in Front. Can't say it's not. Uh, I, I want to go in brief. This is a weird question. I want to go in brief. 
Uh, I, I guess on a personal level, and this can't be anecdotal, and we can tell stories that will last 30 minutes. Let's and not. I'm just asking you to not. Yeah. But on, on, a, on, a, on a brief level, ha- has there been anything that's kind of intrigued you, what you've learned? Like for my part, over the course at some point, maybe four or five months ago, 30 episodes, 35 episodes in, I sat down to write a script for the first time in a couple of years, and I found it incredibly easy. I found that of all the things that Down in Front has been, it's been fun for me to do it as a person who gets to put on headphones and talk. It's been fun to listen to, and it's been fun to find out things and all these things. The one thing that I actually gained the most out of this show, which is weird, and this is going to get – I know. We started self-congratulatorily, and then we're going to come back to that. <laughs> um, but for my part, what I realized is that I had a way easier time with actual plotting and structure and saying, no, that wouldn't happen because of this. We need to make this work first and, and, and decisions like that. On specific levels, on character levels too, but even in general broad strokes, I found it way easier to go, you can't have this second act. It's a good second act, but you need to set up this way. But it doesn't logically follow from the first act and the rules that I've set up. So for my part, the thing that I've gotten from down in front, what I've learned, and I look forward to learning more about this, is that I've never read a screenwriting book. I've read parts, because you guys guys are you. And Dorkman's blog is Dorkman's blog, <laughs> but you know ultimately, I, I you know I, I'm not a screenwriter nor a filmmaker nor a guy that wants to be a director. I, I I'm not into it. I'm I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to hold a boom, but that's not my life. I'll do effects and I'll come home and play piano and get drunk. That's me. Uh, yet I've learned a lot about screenwriting, and that's the one thing that I've kind of come away with. And I don't know if that was ever intentional, but what's interesting is that when I sat down to write a script, I had a way easier time. That's a, that's a weird easier compared to what? Well, then? easier to I, I I had written oh, okay, way, okay. I, I written scripts before when I thought I wanted to be a director. Then I moved to LA and I was like, no, fuck all of you guys. Mm. Uh, but you know, I, this is sort of like a weird. <laughs> Hi, my name is T, and I'm a down in front holic. Like, mm. but that's what I that's what I gained. Um, and good work keeping it short, Trey. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the first draft. It's going to be tightened up in the in the rewrite. Uh, the question the question is what what did we learn from a year of doing down in front, um, and where do we move forward from here? Um, I I think I I've just learned. I don't know if I I tell you what I was surprised by. I don't know if I yeah, figure yeah. what I learned, but uh, I learned some things about the universe. You're too old to learn anything. Yeah, I can't try. learn anything more. It's it's all I'm all about teaching you guys, passing on my knowledge, and then dropping dead in some dramatic way. Um, <laughs> in fact, I've got a little pain in my chest right now. Anyone know CPR? <laughs> um, when we talk, when we first started talking about doing. You know, Teague had the. I think it was Teague generally was one. Hey, you guys, we're, I want to do this podcast, and and it's kind of like Geeksa, but we're going to focus on doing movie commentaries. My first thought was, well, who the hell wants to listen to that? Um, I, I'm still not sure who the hell wants to listen to that but apparently there are people who do the thing that has shocked me which i never would have seen coming is um finding out that so many people tend to from what we're told tend to listen to our commentaries without watching the movie Mm -hmm. and even without ever having seen the movie sometimes and sometimes people even say that they're inspired to see the movie after (laughs) having listened to us talk about the movie for two hours um I don't. I don't get that. I, honestly, I don't understand that. But I, I'm. I'm. I'm not against it. But I just. If you're. If you're one of those people, could you go to the forum and tell me why you listened <laughs> to what we say when you're watch not watching a movie and you've never even seen it? I. I'd really like to know. That's the question I would like to have answered. Brian, what do you got? Uh, two points, I guess. One very similar to yours in terms of. You know, I, I have read screenwriting books and I've been trying you know been writing screenplays for or trying to i should say for a long time and the one thing in the screenwriting books that never they can never really nail down is the structure of the here's how a plot should work and even when they when the screenwriting masters try to explain it it never really felt like it made sense for me and in all the the film classes i've ever taken film school i went to 
it never plot and structure and form has never felt anything more than this mysterious shroud that some people just get. And like, here's, here's some basic forms that like, you know, Aristotle figured out and just do that and you'll be fine. You know, and that's like Skywalker goes, learns, yeah, wins and comes back. And that's mostly in terms of form and structure. That's mostly what screenwriting teachers can tell you. It's like, here, just do this because we know this works. We're not sure why, but it does. So just do it that way. And uh, I feel like I, I, at least I have a better understanding of why certain structures work and why they don't. What was uh, your other thing? My other thing is, in terms of, and I don't want to, while I do harbor a secret ambition to be as pretentious as possible, I really don't <laughs> want to be pretentious. So I will, try to, I will try to thread some careful needle here. But in terms of, I'll just say it. In terms <laughs> of analysis, in terms of analyzing a film and understanding, there's um, a lot of people... The, the cliche is to say, you know, you're reading into something. You're attaching your own meaning to, to something that's not even ever really there, right? And there's a phrase in, in my acting class that uh, my teacher uses when we're talking about analyzing scripts. Is The advice is read out from a work, not into a work. In other words, don't read into, you know, bullshit, existential, and find things to put Christ-like imagery wherever you can, no matter what the actual content of the film or play is. You hear me, Wachowskis? <laughs> anyway, but not not because no, I know Wachowski, I know what you're yeah. saying. I just wanted As, to in take terms a dig of at a them. viewer, just I'm gonna. <laughs> in terms of a viewer, whatever my philosophy on existentialism happens to be, I'm gonna slap that onto whatever movie I happen to be watching. That's reading into something, but reading out from is you're actually taking the clues that the the authors of the work are legitimately presenting and are legitimately there, and making extrapolations and analysis based on that. So, in terms of down in front, in terms of down in front, I think. I hope that we are reading out from works and learning how to read out from works as opposed to what tends to happen. In Filling the them with our opinions. Exactly. And ter- what happens in a lot of film schools and a lot of... Reviews. M- reviews, yeah, exactly. Um, and I hope, I hope what we're doing is reading out from a work and not reading into it. Darkman? I think we've been actually... Uh, that is one of the things. I think we've been very successful in... Uh, taking films on their own terms, I mean, and I mean, then we go from there and be like, but what they should have done, you know. Yeah. But, but we're, I think we've, we're very good at acknowledging what they have done, the machinery of, you know, film. as it is. Um, and I, I'm very happy. It's not really learned or, or even surprised by this one, uh, this particular thing. But um, I'm very happy with, with the fact that that it wound up going in that direction because before we were like, what are we going to do? We're just going to. MST it, but we're not going to have a script, so we're just kind of bullshitting. And then right. it became this thing where we started actually right. paying attention and analyzing the movie. I am fascinated by how organically we've sort of have become this sort of this, this dissecting of a yeah, movie, yeah, and, and looking at taking the moving parts, you know, putting it on a table and, and kind of going, yeah. okay, so is this thing working, or yeah. can we tweak it a little bit? Yeah, and but we sort of, but we didn't decide to be that. No, no yeah. we, did, we, just we definitely sort of, didn't set out. to We do sort that. of have become that. Though, I think it. Well, I think it helped to to be dealing with movies that we didn't like early on because. Because they were so flawed yeah. that we're like, how can we fix this? Why is this so wrong? Well, you can't then, you can't sit there. Well, I mean, people do, but we didn't want to sit there for two hours and go, movie sucks. Yeah. Movie sucks. Yeah. Movie sucks. You have to kind of go get under the hood and go, well, why, is it why yeah. isn't this working? Yeah. Um, and, well, I mean, uh, ultimately, it's easier to just be like, Jar Jar is he's, he's the orange bunny. He's racist. Mm-hmm. Movie. It's 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 more it's it's more intriguing. I'm yeah, probably gonna sound I'm probably gonna sound a lot like that when we do Revenge of the Fallen. By the way, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, so I'm I'm very glad for that, and 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 uh, uh, concordant with that, I'm 
glad to see that we were able to because I I almost even though there are a bunch of movies. I was really concerned that we get 10 in and be like, we can't really do this. Like, we can't really talk about a movie the whole time. We should probably just pack it in. But no, I mean, we're we're able to talk about the movies quite at length, and it's uh, a different movie, and we've got something, uh, you know, to say about it. And if we don't, you never hear it. Yeah, my, um, my fear was definitely that we would run through all the movies that Trey has worked on, and then we would get to that not point have where much we're like, to say. Uh, okay, well... Um, all right. Yeah, we get to the yeah. point where we're like, okay, so on Pet Cemetery Two, which is our yeah. movie this week, yeah. And then uh, the the one thing I would say that really surprised me with Zarbin, um, for, or from him, um, ju- well, the existence of his site is what it did because I'm like, there are other people who do this. We should probably briefly for the explain what Zarban.com. Uh, Zarban.com is, is is a collection. It's an archive or whatever you want to call it of um, all of the. All of the fan commentaries. Well, not just fan commentaries. Basically, if they're if it's available somewhere, yeah, it's uh, online because there are some official ones that you can get online. Uh, and, there, and he also has riff tracks. He, riff tracks, he catalogs and, and those. Iris and uh, you know, like uh, Aronofsky did the Fountain. He did his commentary for the Fountain and put it out online. Some are paid, some are free. But there's a lot of people doing this, and I was like, really? That's wild. I thought we were weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um so that was my that that that's the biggest surprise I think I got um out of doing this. Now from Ryan and Eddie. Yes. Uh, Reservists. You, you got you guys have both been on at least four each. Yeah, five for me. All right. So four four or five I think. Uh, what 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 have you learned I, I, I this sounds weird. Uh as someone who has listened and enjoyed what we're doing and participated, there might be a slightly different perspective that I'd be intrigued by, especially because there's no secrets. Ryan listened to the shit ton of Down in Front and put together a thing, which was awesome. Is there anything that has intrigued you? I mean, obviously, if you listen to the show, you think there's some redeeming value to it, other than I hope you happen to know us. Well, it does make for an in- interesting answer, unfortunately, but it's it's exactly what you guys just said. And that, it, that's become sort of what I consider some sort of authority on how, on dissecting a film and, and, and thinking critically about how it's constructed and everything. And what's I- interesting for me personally is that uh, re- realizing how little I actually thought about a lot of movies, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I, I, mean, I, I mean, seriously, you know, as a kid, I just, I just watch movies and I'm like, that was cool. And I'm still sort of coming into this like really <laughs> – like no wait no you know I I need to really engage with this and and understand why I like something or why I don't or why it's generally liked and not liked and the other answer to what surprised me or not is um is when there's generally a a sort of consensus about a movie that I was unaware of or disagree with mm. and then usually get turned by <laughs> by having to think about it oh yeah we know? know so I know dude yeah. I came to Full Metal Jacket and the Phantom Menace like fuck this movie and. Well, in the first place, yay, the Phantom Menace. I made a crucial mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've, we've, for example, we had more than one person I've seen just in our forums alone say, I finally get 2001. You guys finally cracked that I really need to listen to that me. one again. But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going, I'm going to have to do that one with the movie because <laughs> right. it's been a while and, and fuck on, that movie on as that, far as I'm concerned right now. But. Oh, yeah. We should do that together. Yeah. I'd yeah. I, I do, I do that with you. It, on, along those lines, and if you'd like... In answer to your question, Trey. <laughs> oh, the okay. So uh, yes, please. Um, for the the wide majority, I listen to the commentaries uh, without the movies, um, and I would say that usually that's number one. Uh, well, okay, number one as first and foremost, I just listen to it at work because I just listen to things, 
and I ran out of things to listen to. And hey, I'll listen hey, to Here's 98 hours of crap. I can listen to this. <laughs> here's 4.1 days of, of commentaries. I got my week all planned out. But it's, it's 4.1 days of, of, of critical dissection of movies, which is very interesting to me, even if I can't literally see what's happening on screen. And by the way, a lot of the time, it doesn't really particularly matter no. what's on screen. You guys actually, especially as we go on, the, the movie is a starting point and sort of yeah, things we, to point at. We've but spoken less and less about the movies. There are some, exactly. District 9 being the one that stood out to me, where it's like, we, I don't think we were watching the movie absolutely either. absolutely and so for for me for me that's 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 what it's been eddie doty uh yeah uh, you wrap know, it up man I wrap it up you gotta make, you got you gotta make it all excellent like a salient a beautiful bring salient this point you gotta power through, disarm this power bomb through. okay yeah, yeah, seriously. you got 10 right. seconds to disarm this bomb all right uh, get us out of here i'll just say two things uh one it's been a couple things one it's been an absolute blast hearing you know i'm i'm Good friends with Teague and Trey, and and I've become good friends with Brian, and and I'm I really have enjoyed hanging out with with uh, Dorkman and Ryan, and up to now I can. So it's always good to hear you guys talk, and you guys all speak intelligently. So that's always enjoyable as a fan, as a participant. Kind of pivoting off what Brian said, you know, as far as like. Um, what the succeeds in doing maybe what a film school or classes don't a book tells you what to think, and a dialogue makes you think. Mm-hmm. And I think that anytime either in the room or listening to it on the computer, the dialogue is making you think. And, and so many things that I thought I had a, a steady answer for, um, you know, I've really had to reexamine and, and come out either different or even more strong in my opinion. That's, that's on a, a, a technical level. On a personal level, um, I've talked a little bit about my father as far as like how from the ages of 13 to 19 and then sporadically throughout the rest of my life, him and I had like a weekly film club education that we had where we'd rent a couple of movies and, and, you know, uh, at least on you know two two to three movies on a Saturday we'd watch everything from old samurai epics to Jacques Tati to like seventies exploitation films so like everything and and so much of that was like of of me becoming a man that's how he taught me how to do that uh, you know this year was five years ago that he passed away so in a lot of ways down in front has sort of filled that gap um, of that dialogue that I used to have with my father so on a personal level it's been very rewarding so. Aww. Interesting. Wow. Well done. That was like the equivalent of in the last five minutes, Eddie went to Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You really pulled it all together there with a the heartwarming ending. I didn't think we I didn't see it coming. Good yeah. stuff. This has been one year of Down in Front. You can always find us at www.downinfront.net. Please, seriously, seriously, register at our forums, discuss. Involve yourself in the discourse that's happening online at this very moment. Go to iTunes, subscribe, get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash down in front. Facebook.com slash down in front. Down in front show at gmail.com. Go to Cafe Press, buy a shirt. Please, please buy Men in Black from our link because I think we're going like to get like 25 cents every time. McDonald's Ultimate, next time. Ultimately, that will work and it will be good. Apparently, a thousand of you downloaded it. You could buy it for peace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and until next time, my name is Steve Christie. <laughs> Ray Stokes. And I'm Brian Finifter. Mike Scott. Ryan Weber. Eddie Doty. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. And thank you, Peanut Gallery. Woo! Half of them are asleep. <laughs> By the way, the one technical note, uh, we spoke about lost oh, episodes yes, and, yes, melt- yes. and meltdowns. We had a meltdown during this episode. Try yep. and find it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. 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 Well done.
Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Trendsinyourhead.com.